This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We're happy to have this gentleman back. He's returning uh, this time around to speak about uh, a follow-up film. Yes. Uh, if you've seen Train Spotting, you've been waiting for this one for a long time. T2, Train Spotting 2. But also, he's been behind uh, the camera for so many great movies. 127 Hours, Steve Jobs, Kathy's one of her all-time favorite movies, Slumdog Millionaire. Yes. Please welcome director Danny Boyle. Yeah. Thank you. <coughs> Wonderful to see you again, sir. Very nice to be back, actually. I had such a muscle memory returning to the studio. It was like I'd never been away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. So I have to ask, all right, with T2, at what point did people start to demand that you have a follow-up to that, to, to train spotting? I mean, at some point, rumblings, you might start you hear them, and then, eh, you know, I'll set that aside. But when did you first hear that people wanted another film? They were kind of like, I, I'd love to pretend it was a clamour from them all demanding it, but it wasn't. It was like more that the affection people had for the original. You know, they'd talk to you in the street about the characters in detail. And, and you know, we never remember characters' names from movies. Not really. Not unless they're titular, like yeah. Elmer and Louise or... Or, or maybe Jack and Rolls from Titanic, you'd remember. But you, you always think of the actor. But people would talk to you in the street about Rent and Spud, Begbie, like they were still with us, you know? And, of course, you begin to think maybe they are and maybe they can be. And and we tried ten years after and it felt like not enough time had passed. It, it felt like the same film again. I can see that. I mean, because the... the um I love the movie. When I first saw it, it was a revelation to me, Train Spotting, when it first came out. It was just so kinetic and visually. You had this group of people that could, that were um, deplorable in many ways, yeah. and yet, and yet admirable in ways, and they were real, and they, a lot of people dismiss it as, oh, it's a heroin movie, but it's not. It's, it's a friendship movie with heroin as a component. And, but I think, yeah, 10 years might have been, would it seem like a, just a retelling and a re, and a refurbishing of the of the yeah, original material? Was. Yeah, and and so what what made you decide at that point it's, it, it it's, wasn't it, right? It's also ten years is not that telling on an actor's face. Yeah, yeah, because they are amazing. They they have a bit of the old kind of Dorian Gray about them. They can <laughs> they kind of live timelessly in a way, yeah, but yeah. twenty years is different. It's like a high school reunion. So my ten year reunion, it was pretty much the same party as ten years before. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> twenty years later, it was like, oh, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> look at you, you know. So, but and, and school reunions are a mirror. You think you're looking at everybody, thinking, "Whoa, they've aged." Yeah. <laughs> and you're but the it's a mirror that you're looking at. I'm afraid. Uh, I love at the end of the original train spotting, um, uh, Renton, uh, Ewan McGregor says, it's almost a, 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 almost a threat. I'm going to be just like you, he says. Yeah. Do we find him ending up being just like us at the beginning of T2? Yeah, in a very complicated way. He's, he's on a kind of, it's not giving too much away, he's on a running machine. Because yeah. the other movie begins with him running down the street famously and there's right. Lost for Life playing. So we begin this one and then he's on a he's on the middle-aged version of that, which is the running machine to hell, <laughs> yeah. you know, that we all spend our lives on running where, I don't know. But anyway, running to stand still. Um, <clears throat> and there's a kind of crisis happens, and okay. which forces him back to Edinburgh. So he walks back into the town, not having returned in 20 years. The last time, he left with their cash, and now he returns to... 
explain himself, if you like, or he... for us to discover. And it's not clear at first. It's a bit... He says some stuff at first which turns out not to be true for a reason, again, you'll find out when you watch the movie. I love this because I, I you know, my natural fear when you a movie that you adore is going to uh, receive a sequel is... <laughs> Oh, no, I'm thrilled and yet terrified. <laughs> As the creator of the, the, the director of the visual style and the storytelling, is it, is it, is it <laughs> how do you reconcile to do yeah. it? You know, because it, it's, no matter what you do, someone's going to be pissed off. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, a big thing was everybody, I could even see the actors on set looking at me sometimes. <laughs> Out of the corner of my eye, I could see them staring at me like you are now. <laughs> and, they, and they were thinking, this better not be shite, Danny. <laughs> we'll all get crucified. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually, I have to go back and watch the original. i got to watch the first one again because I, I, I just, and I, I know that I enjoyed it, but i got to remember how it ends because when, when I heard about... Um, this happening, and I, and I just always associate it with heroin, but I just assume all heroin addicts are, are, are dead after 10 years. Well, in fact, what's happened is that they've all given it up, apart from one of them, Spud. Mm -hmm. Sad Spud, comic, chaotic Spud, mm -hmm. played by Ewan Bremner, amazing performance. He's been in and out of rehab. Tragic and, character, a funny and tragic character. Funny and tragic character, yeah. and the, one of the amazing things about the movie, yeah. I shouldn't say this because I'm recommending my own movie, <laughs> but that's what I'm doing here anyway. So it's okay, you have a track record. I can do that. Um, is what happens to Spot at the end of the movie. Yeah. You've got to see the movie to see what happens to Spot. It is absolutely extraordinary what happens. Amazing performance. But anyway, but he's been in and out of rehab um, and back on, so he somehow managed to survive. Okay. Some of them do, but you're right. That kind of length of time would usually mean that's the end for most of them. And it is very close to the end for Spud until Renton returns. And he, he's almost rescued by Renton, really. Which is wild. That, yeah. it, that any of them survive, but uh, it, it's, an, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, and it's also wild, actually, the way he rescues him. Okay. What, what the films we're seeing for that alone, I'd say that scene alone. <laughs> he said, recommending his own film. <laughs> no, well, why not? That's why you're here, right? Um, a lot has happened in the real world in, in 20 years, you know, so is that paralleled in um, 20 years gone by in, in this fake world? It, ironically, Edinburgh, where the film is set, when we, when we, the first film, Edinburgh was a very sedate city. It's a very pretty city. It's kind of a Georgian and medieval city. Yeah. It's very historic. Gorgeous. And it's rather kind of beautiful and rather restrained. And since then, it's full of students now. It's filled up. Like a quarter of the population of Edinburgh is now students. So it's suddenly become this young, vibrant town. And these middle-aged men return to it, of course, which is ironic. But they say that one of the reasons, I've no idea whether this is true, one of the reasons for the explosion of the student population is the original film. Because yes. everybody saw it from all around the world and thought, oh, anyway, looks quite a cool place to go and study. Let's all move there. And it's now full of students and, and also a, um, a migrant population, migrant workers from Eastern Europe who also play a significant part in the movie. So there is there's some reflection of that in the movie, for sure. I can, I can see that. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is because uh, the, the, the critics have been wonderful. They, they're, they're, they're loving this. And they're, they're loving the fact that you apparently pulled off something with so many others. It don't do, which is a really successful sequel to a movie. Um, but you do you run the risk of being uh, when you do when you get self-referential and there there are a lot of you know uh, nods to the original movie. Do you, you fear getting too precious with that, or do, you know? Um, yeah, you can you can have because occasionally you, there's these odd moments where you see the other film. Yeah, yeah, and it's they're wonderful because you can see the actor at 23. Yeah, and then the actor at 46. Yeah, it's pretty scary for the actors, you know, and they're just literally cut together. Yeah. But it, we only use them very occasionally because you have to be careful it doesn't swamp this. 
doesn't swamp the film. The, the this film has to have its own independence and stand for itself, really. And then and then you can have a once you've established that you can have a conversation with the original film and and pull in things from it. It's yeah, okay. because if the original film didn't work, these characters still exist and these characters still have a backstory. It just so happens that their backstory is an actual film that happened twenty years ago. And what's weird is it's almost like they're aware it's a film. Weird, yeah. <laughs> on a kind of meta level, it's absolutely bizarre. What it's yeah. sort of as though they know the film exists in a way, uh -huh. and it's sort of a conversation with the audience who also know it exists. Because <laughs> normally when you're promoting movies like I do, and I've been lucky to be here a couple of times, you're introducing people to something completely unfamiliar. Yeah. Now everybody knows but who we're talking about, you know, and they're like they have an opinion already, and it's usually very suspicious. Well, <laughs> like it's a case where the the audience, and I feel likewise. Uh, maybe a little bit more forgiving than other people, takes ownership of, of something you created, which is weird. I, George Lucas has suffered for years yeah. because people were... Uh, uh, <laughs> they take over as they experts. They take over. They and know more than you. Yeah, and they're certainly more opinionated than you are about what should definitely happen. Right. Now, you had the, the source material was the, the book, and, and then there was porno, which was the second book, correct? Yeah. And, uh, but, and how, how similar is T2... To porno as um, a step-off point. It's not. It's a kind of. It's a step-off point. Okay. It's not a. It's not very similar to it. Porno is a kind of like. It, do you remember there was a fashion for making? There were books and films about people making porn movies. Yeah. There was a whole kind of. There was a little fashion for it for the moment. You right. Know, there was a. What was it called? Zach and something. Zach and Mary, Zach make, and Mary a, make a porno. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was a, the, yeah. there was a little fad for Kevin it at Smith the time. Film, yeah. But it, and that's that's the story of that book, and we don't do that in this okay. book. There's a different story takes takes place. Really, is this a book? Because I know the the writers, uh, John Hodge and Irvine Welsh, yeah. wrote the first movie, and Irvine wrote the book. Is is this a book too, or is this just a movie? It's it's just a movie. It's kind of stepping. It's a stepping stone from porno. So there's a couple of things in it that are based on porno, but it's a sort of movie in its own right. So so it's a very, very loose adaptation of porno, but written by the guy who wrote the original film, John okay. Hodge, he's a screenwriter, yeah. Okay. Stephen mentioned George Lucas, and it made me think of, uh, you know, Ewan McGregor and, and uh, being involved in that Star Wars universe, and uh, you, as, as the guy who helped really kickstart his career, it was his first big breakout role, you look at that guy, and you've got to be immensely proud of of what he's he's done as an actor. Oh God, yeah. I mean, yeah. They f it feels very. I mean, not not just you, and he's amazing. What he's gone on to do, but Kelly McDonald, who was in the original movie, yeah. playing yeah. Diane, playing the schoolgirl Diane. She'd never acted before, and she did our movie. And then the next moment. I was walking down Sunset Boulevard, as you do, as a film director, <laughs> and there, in, in a big, on a billboard, was her name. Wow. In a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. You know, a, a No Country for All Men. And I mean, it's just, like, incredible that she's... Yeah. So you do feel incredible kind of pride. Well, Robert And Carl anger and, and envy <laughs> and thinking I should have had a cut. And well, <laughs> do you feel that same pride for, like, a Dev Patel, for instance? Yeah, he got an Oscar nomination. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, has he been in? Has he? Have you uh, had no, him? you know what? He was supposed to be in to promote Lion. Yeah, and and I was telling Kathy, <laughs> I love the movie and I wanted to hate it because he canceled on us like the last minute. I was like, oh, but the movie I'm, was so good. The movie was so good. <laughs> and he was so great in it. But uh, yeah, and and so when when you're directing a movie, how much uh, say do you have in casting? Like, did you cast Dev? Yeah, we did. We. Yeah. He was. He was. He'd been in a, a, a te television show, which I think you, I think you guys saw, called Skins. 
Oh, he's yeah. like a teen. It was quite shocking. Okay. It was quite kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it was quite interesting anyway. And my, my teenage daughter said, had been watching it, and she said, you should watch... She knew we were looking for this guy. She said, you should watch this programme, Skins. So I watched it with her. I said, do you watch this stuff? It was, like, quite shocking. <laughs> but in the middle of it, there... From the director this... of Dream Spotting. <laughs> 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 and father. You're right, um, yeah. Anyway, um... And he was there, and that's where we, that's where we found um, Dev from, yeah. And he, I was amazed. I was, I, you know, when he got that Oscar nomination, I was so pleased for him. Yeah. He's great. I like him. Well, He's a lovely a, guy. Uh, on, on the issue of the original train spotting, I have a question that I've always wanted to ask you. The, you have what is billed as the, the most disgusting toilet in Edinburgh. And, 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 <laughs> uh, in Scotland. Yeah, in Scotland, <laughs> Scotland right. Yes. And, uh, and there's a scene that is, is iconic where uh, Ewan McGregor's character goes in and he actually crawls into the toilet. What did you use to create the fake uh, cr- the crap? I assume it was fake. That, that mess of disastrous, because it looks authentic, too authentic. So you have to, it has to be sterile. Yes. Because everybody's like in a deep state of <laughs> dread and panic that someone's going to get really ill. It's so it has horrifying. to be sterile and yeah. it's chocolate. So ironically, the set smells sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're in some candy store. Oh my like, god! That's like, some great acting. I, so that's great acting. Right there. I have a tremendous uh, a tolerance for disgusting things, and it makes you gag every time I see it. There's a scene. There's a scene in the new one with Spud. Uh, at the beginning, that you will also enjoy on that front as well. I think. Okay, I was going to ask. And by the way, if you're just tuning in, it's Danny Boyle, and uh, we're talking about Train Spotting Two T Two. If you have an iconic scene like that in a film, and you do a follow up, you have to have some sort of a nod to that, or something that's going to be on a similar. Oh my God! You know, uh, reaction. Yeah, you have a there's, a. there's a. There's a couple. Of, there are. There are a couple of moments. Yeah, <laughs> some of them involve Viagra. Um. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, no. The the the. You're right, and you have to kind of make a nod. It's it's this weird thing, almost like the characters know they've already made a movie. Yeah. You, you kind of have these odd and then these memories, these trigger memories, where you see something that has appeared in the other film, like a location. I love or that a, though. Yeah. You know, and they kind of. You don't dwell on it. It's just a very casual thing. So it doesn't spoil it for anybody who's not seen the original movie and doesn't know that scene exists. How how much of a relation would you say is to to this collect uh, to this collection of guys of friends and the droogs and Clockwork Orange of of that that sort of um, that sort of thing where we're 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 compelled to watch these people yeah. as with the original Train Spotting are doing not very good things, but you, they are for better or worse. The the heroes or the you know the, the antiheroes the yeah. antiheroes they're compelling I mean movies yeah. love antiheroes as well as heroes I mean yeah. the mainstream of cinema loves heroes but there's also another side of cinema it's kind of vault fast side that actually in, adores antiheroes yeah. pushing the boat not behaving as they should the profanity the kind of excess yeah. we love seeing it pushed like that because if you have great actors they remain within your orbit they're not like insane villains who yeah. are outside your experience because even begbie who's a proper psycho <laughs> you can there's something stops you you can still feel some kind of connection with him. And there's an extraordinary scene right at the end of this movie where you see a slightly different side of Begbie for a moment. Yeah. And it feels, because he's a great actor, Bobby Carlyle, it feels justified. You can sort of sense he's learnt something. 
It's, it's brief and very temporary before he returns to <laughs> violence for the end of the movie. Right. But actually, it is there, yeah. I want to ask you a question about, as, uh, as a director, if you have a preference or if it matters to you. Um, Steve Jobs and, and uh, 127 Hours are based on, on real life and things that happen uh, <clears throat> to actual people. And, and most of the other work that you've done is based in, in fiction and story creating. Yeah. Um, does it matter to you when coming into a project whether or not those things have happened? Or is it just um, dependent on the script itself? Um, do you understand my question? Yes, I do. And it's the script more than anything. It's the script that you kind of, you have that instinctive response to and feel that somehow you've been, oh, it's so stupid, you've, you've been chosen. Yeah. <laughs> oh. The chosen one. You know, you think, oh, no, this is for me. I'm meant to do like this. Like a wand in Harry Potter. It chooses it's you. Just, I mean, it's weird. It's so odd. And then the fact that they're based on real life is a complication because you obviously have to include if the person's still alive or if they're, you know, you have to make sure that you don't offend them or you don't tell, you don't do stuff that's really inaccurate about them. Um, Though you can do stuff that's challenging still, I think you have a responsibility, not necessarily to just do a PR job for them. You well, know? the Steve Jobs approach, I thought, was was brilliant. You know, obviously, you have Aaron Sorkin, you know, yeah. the, the script, you, you can't go wrong with that. But to create this, instead of trying to just say from soup to nuts, here's the guy, here's the bio, here's a snapshot. And this will give you the essence. Yeah. That was, was that was that a collaborative choice between you and Sorkin? No, that was very much Sorkin's, okay. Aaron's kind of approach to it, to that enormous book, the Walter Isaacson book that had yeah. been written about him, and he'd had access to Steve Jobs himself. So that was Aaron's way of actually... T taking three particular moments for it to illustrate a whole life rather yeah. than doing cradle to grave, you know, the expected biopic. Mm -hmm. So it was a very much a, it's a very imaginative way of approaching it that, you d that says you'll get the essence of the character from these three incidents and the people that recurred for these three incidents within his life. I love your, uh, I, you're one of my favorite directors, <laughs> unabashedly. Uh, I, I'll say that because, um, and I've, I've heard you talk about European um, cinema and, um, that it tends to be uh, favor the um, the written dialogue, and it it wasn't as image interested initially, and that and you're you're so visual with the the, the dialogue. There's there's a great you know a synergy between the two. Who who did you look up to as a director while developing your cinematic style? Well, I think the greatest director there's been for me is Coppola. Okay, because Coppola's invisible. You go and watch style. I mean, you go and watch stylists. Some great directors, Tarantino, Scorsese. You know, you can just reel them off, and you're aware you're watching a stylist's work. Mm -hmm. You watch Coppola's work, especially from that golden period. You're not aware of him at all. You uh, just yeah. lose yourself in the movie. Now that is, for a modern director, that's almost impossible to do because we've been we've been forced to be stylists to declare ourselves to create a difference with a style. Yeah, you know, to to make a mark. And the mark he leaves is invisible, but uh, but what a mark in a way. I mean, it is it's invisible but indelible as well. There's a great director that I love, uh, Franklin J. Schaffner, who did uh, Patton and Papillon and these, which are classic Hollywood type movies. But that same thing where they it's happening. You know, someone's directing, but you don't see the strings. But you don't think about them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just think about the character and the story. Yeah. All right, so when you're directing, do you make a concerted effort to not have your exact fingerprint on it? No, I'm not that good. I'm, <laughs> desperate, I'm desperate to put my fingerprints on. It's all over. Well, we, we, we approve of your fingerprints. We're, we're fans of your fingerprints. Thank you very so much. Did you, um, did you, was there any um, uh, courting in, in Trainspotting uh, in T2? Did, or were you on board right away? 
Oh, you're courting. Yeah. You're, it, meaning like, like dating. Did, what's that? <laughs> dating. In other words, to... to, to Convincing you. you to oh, convince no, you, no, no, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 we developed this. From... I'm, I'm American. I, I don't have a good grasp of the English language. <laughs> I speak American. We're divided by a common language. <laughs> did anybody ask you out, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, 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 we developed this from scratch, really. Okay. And most of the films, apart from... I see the only one I've ever done that, we, that existed... Uh, before I got involved was the Steve Jobs film. Yeah. So that was already a script that um, Scott Rudin had with Aaron Sorkin. And, Were and you I, nervous I, to do that because of the previous Jobs movie? It, no. Um, it was more. It was more actually to. It was more because I didn't. I didn't have a hand in the creation of it. That was the yeah. only nervousness. That. But I thought that would be good for me. You know, because it's an, it was an amazing script. Yeah. An extraordinary kind of um, thing to walk into as, as a hired hand. You know, who was then courted as you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave have, in straight away. Yeah. I didn't play hard to get. Yeah, right. <laughs> I have to ask about the title. I know the title is very important, but. T two is also Terminator two here, yep. uh, and and worldwide was was there any uh, reconsidering of that or or so, so we so 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 this is so when you do a sequel you kind of like you, this part of you doesn't want it to be a sequel you want yeah. it to be its own thing and you don't want the whole industry around you the the studio assuming it's a sequel because yeah. everybody will behave like it's a sequel <laughs> so at first we said we're not going to call it anything to do with train spotting. And they looked at us like we were insane. <laughs> <laughs> this is the whole point of this is it's going to connect with those people who saw the original. And we said, not necessarily. Um, and so we called it, we had this terrible title, um, The Least Unfamiliar, which is a really terrible title. Terrible, yeah, yeah. And the, Anyway, but it did allow us to establish its own identity. And it grew up a little bit, the movie, as we worked on the script and stuff like that. And then eventually we gave in and said, sure, we will, we'll, we'll call it something to do with train spotting. But we have a great idea. We want to call it a title that if you ask the characters in the movie, what would they want to call? If they knew they were in a sequel, what yeah. would they call it? Because <laughs> right. they're movie fans. And they would want to be, they would want to invoke one of their favourite directors, James Cameron. Yeah. So they would call it T2, because that's their favourite <laughs> sequel, Terminator 2. So the studio goes, you're that. insane. Everybody will go online to book tickets and they'll just end up at a James Cameron website. <laughs> yeah. That's what great. What about our movie? So then we added train spotting on the end of T2, Trent. So that's, that's how that came All about. Right, one last question about the, uh, the original Fantastic. movie. Uh, speaking about that movie fanaticism and, and fans, Sick Boy is a, is a big fan of Sean Connery. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, and, and and, and yeah. there was a lot of assessing of his career throughout Train Spotting. Yes. Did you ever hear back from Sean Connery about the We were told he liked the movie. Okay. We were, t we were told there were a number of people, including the First Minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon. I don't know whether you've heard of her. She now runs Scotland. Okay. We heard that she was at a conference in Sydney, kind of one of these kind of big international conferences, and that she sneaked out of the conference in order to watch the original train spotting on its release <laughs> in 1996. Right. And is now the Prime Minister of Scotland. So, wow. so it's very deeply embedded with the nation. You know, right. Whether they live abroad like Sean Connery or whether they run the country like Nicholas Sturge. It's part of the fabric. Okay. Wow. Very Wait, cool. where's Connery live? He lives in Spain. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he retired He retired to Spain. Forever really. he's been in Spain for, for decades. For a right? long time, yeah, yeah. yeah. Playing golf, I think, and you right. know, enjoying his time in the sun. Living yeah. the dream. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I love this because, uh, um, you know, I right now am, am planning this summer to uh, reconnect with uh, three very close friends of mine that I have not seen in a long, long time. Right. They're coming in town. You two is is uh, is performing the Joshua Tree. I know. So <clears throat> me and these guys 
went to that concert together in 1987. We live in different parts of the country. They're all flying here. We're going to get together and we're going to go to this concert. It's exactly... Now, we're not going to do heroin or anything like that. <laughs> hey! uh, but it's a separate bridge you when you, get you can't be sure. Yeah, yeah, but but this, it, it is exactly... Seeing that the trailer for this film has, has invoked that type of emotion in what I'm anticipating of these guys, you know, being back together again. Uh, and I think it's just a really special thing, uh, especially if you're somebody who's in their 40s. You can relate directly with that. So I, I'm, I'm really excited to see the movie. You should definitely see the movie before yeah. you all meet up. Yeah, Because okay. <laughs> then I have something extra to talk about, believe me. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and, Danny, before we let you go, anything else that we should uh, – is is this it for now? Or do you have any other uh, projects that are uh, that are in the near future that you can talk about? We're working on a huge television series. You know, these new television series things that you get. We're working on a huge, like – um, uh, ten episode series for FX at the moment about a, an American dynasty, which is very interesting. It's set in London and Italy, actually, but um, it's about an, an American, a, presti- a very, very important fa- American family. I can't say who it is, okay, right. because there are some legal issues at the moment. There's some lawyers hovering around. Uh, lawyers. <laughs> so is it like current, present day, or is it? He can't say. He can't can't say. Yeah. No, the first, the first, the first series, uh, the first, yeah, the first series is set in the seventies. Okay, which is a clue. Um, I also saw something rumored about, and I don't know if you can speak on this uh, about maybe you directing uh, a film adaptation of Miss Saigon. Oh no, I love the musical. Though. Yeah, yeah, I want to do a musical, but I don't. I'd, I'd want to do an original musical, you know, from scratch. I think they're the ones that are really the toughest. Yeah. Is can yeah. you get your characters to burst into song? Yeah. In fact, we have a song in. Um, the characters do burst into song in Trainspotting in 2. Trainspotting in 2. There's a great scene in a club, which we we can't feature in any of the advertising materials. Because of music rights? No, because oh. it's a bit, um, it's a sectarian song they sing. <laughs> okay. And they're making fun of all sectarians everywhere. All right. But actually, you can't put it in the advertising materials. But uh, anyway, that's a good re- another good reason to see the movie. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Wonderful. Uh, Danny, it's great to see you. And uh, continue success, and I'm sure we'll have you back in when you've got something else or, uh, to promote. Thank you very much. Yeah. Really. Gang, Danny Boyle. Yeah. WMMR. All right, so we are going to take ourselves a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment, so don't go too far. We'll be back in a moment. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Nobody likes a delay of game, and while there's been some uncertainty about this football season, Acme is happy to announce it's game on. So no matter what your game day's like, they've got everything you need to cheer the Eagles on. From snacks and party trays to beverages and fan gear, make it a season to remember. Acme, official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Can we quickly address the world's heaviest doors and their tendency to squeak? Oh, my God. Yeah, this... Here, hold on, quiet. This is Casey opening the door. Go ahead. Yeah. It's a studio door. Hold on, here. And and then let go. Al, let go of it. Let it close. Oh, it doesn't squeak when it closes. No. Just on the other end. Just slams. Uh, these, These doors weigh a ton, too. You literally have to get footing. While you're trying to well, push was, them open. I think it's squeaking now because it was so hard to open. They loosened it a little bit, right? They yeah. loosened it. Oh, yeah. And it's then we slammed the, the 
pictures on the other on the wall because they listened the to too much. Yeah. There was an intern that we'd had not too long ago. She was maybe four. She couldn't open the door. Eleven four. I mean, she it was like she, she had she didn't have the body mass to open the door. You know yeah. what? Um, like offensive linemen during practice, yeah. those little. Sl- I mean, she had to hit that the, sled. the door like yeah. like football players hit the sled. Well, also, this has the weird thing of having a handle that you'd routinely find on a door that you pull in. I actually yeah. like that. Right, and so you'll see people <laughs> yanking on the. You the what? door. There, there are several places that are like that. They yeah. have a handle yeah. on the side of the door that you're supposed to push from. Yeah. And I think it's just to F with people. You know what? Really I'll take do. that. Yeah. If it's just to F with people, then I'm down with it. I think that's what it's all about. <laughs> uh, did you guys realize that one billion people worldwide still practice open defecation? Open defecation? They poop outside. Really? One, one billion. billion people. Yes. Where are they Why? concentrated? Is it mostly Camden? No. <laughs> Uh, they are not. I'll get to the specifics in just a moment of who poops I, the most I, outside. I was just a, it was a guess. No, uh, obviously it leads to fatal parties. diseases. No, oh. parties and poop-throwing parties and whatnot. No, no sp- the spread of fatal diseases. UN experts said on Thursday at the launch of a study on drinking water and sanitation, they said that uh, societies that practice open defecation, uh, putting them at risk from cholera, diarrhea, dysentery, hepatitis, and typhoid. Oh, it's, it's, it's brutally dangerous. Tend to have large income uh, disparities and the world's highest numbers of deaths of children under five years old. So... Uh, but they've they've tried to improve this, Kathy, and uh, the, the poorest have long focused on on building latrines in some of these areas. But the United Nations says that money literally went down the toilet. Attitudes, not infrastructure, need to change because they're just used even, to. Even though they will create these latrines, they don't like them. People are still pooping outside, right? Yeah. Once you catch the bug, yeah. once you catch the outdoor pooping bug, it's hard to break it. And yeah. they don't do. I'm an outdoor pooper. They don't do, uh, what are those things called, like cat holes, where you dig a hole, poop in it, and then cover Put it up? Cat in it. Probably not. I My mean, friend poops outside. All the time? <laughs> is that friend's last name Weston? <laughs> I'm really glad that that audio was as clean as it just was. <laughs> <laughs> and, who, who would you associate with? Well, I that just found this. Outside. I just found this out, and she didn't tell me herself. A girl, somebody else. Told Kathy, me. I'll meet you at the coach store. And by the way, I take dumps outside. But listen, <laughs> it's not just because she goes out in her backyard and poops. Uh, what time is it? Yeah, I don't think she's listening. Just fertilizer. Uh, she's or? A, no. She she is a runner, uh, and you know people have, oh. tend to do that, but. Runners traditionally don't have toilets. But listen, she—it's not like it's. It, she can go for a mile run or she can go for a marathon. No matter what, when she starts running, she has to go. So instead of running home, like she used to just run home each time, yeah. now she says, "Forget it. I want to go on my run," and she'll just do it up. I would put a bullet in the back of her head if I if I if, if, if I saw it. <laughs> I don't care that you need that you run that far that you have to. No, but where, it's, where it's is she not even de- that far. Where is she defecating when she does know. this? I don't Why know. Again, do because she didn't tell me. She she didn't tell me this. Our other friend, who okay. apparently she told. Does she have to have meatloaf before a run? No. Why doesn't she know. do a warm up around I don't her house know, Casey, until she I has don't to know. go? You know what? I, I, I'll bet you I know what it is. I bet you she she loves running so much uh, that the excitement of doing it makes her her bowels move because when i go to gamble mm-hmm. you poop your pants but oddly enough when i'm going to play craps <laughs> you get like that uh i That's will, perfect uh, the first place i go is to the bathroom and i take a dump excitement yes. the excitement it's, level it's almost fight or flight uh you know how when when you when, you, when you're, you're going to fight uh it's your body apparently your body wants to 
Or if you're going to run, it makes you it wants, lighter. It wants to leave everything. That's why some animals will vomit when they have when they have a when they encounter a stressful situation. That's what that's about: fight or flight. Mm-hmm. The body or the the animal looks to to drop weight yep. for a quicker departure. Believe so, it or not, it's, yeah. it's considered a, However, an animal instinct of some sort. A professional young woman who simply <laughs> likes to run shouldn't be squatting on her neighbor's right. lawn. Yeah. Right. I don't know where she goes. I don't care. Okay. Unless unless she's running out in the woods. I was actually having a conversation with a with a, this person that uh, we all know. Uh, he may or may not be in the studio right now. Uh, but whenever he uh, <laughs> goes out somewhere, oh yeah, he 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 always has to go. Yeah, and and so his wife is telling me about this. So you know, like whether it be a restaurant or a concert or 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 whatever, it doesn't matter. Big he sales always, presentation, big or something sales like that, presentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? Do you say that every time you go out for dinner, though, you have to before or after? Uh, it depends on where I'm going. Like uh, if it's a like a chain oh. sort of a restaurant for some reason. Here's the difference. I always though. have to go after dinner. What? But like, chain restaurant. For Versus an independent mom and pop shop. Yep. What are you talking? Affects your there's, there's just <laughs> something about the size of the corporation that makes you have to. That's I interesting. Now this person that may or may not be in the studio right now is gesturing that you will do it before baseball games. Uh, well, I have. Listen, it, well, it, let it me. Was, I it think was we're a losing phase six. It was a phase six, and I actually um, on myself by accident because I had to. <gasps> We talked about this. Yeah, okay. I, I was ducked behind these trailers, these construction trailers outside of the school. I had nowhere else to go. Oh, my. I got nowhere else to go. And when I squatted. I got nowhere else to go. squatted down looking up at the camera saying that. Uh-huh. I got no place to go. go. Wait, you yep. got it all over yourself? On my uniform, yeah. That's disgusting. Kathy, oh, before, oh, oh, we, before awesome. we cast aspersions, yeah, you yeah. hang out with people who run around and crap. All right. Can I get back to the root of this conversation? Yes, which is outdoor defecators. Kathy likes to go outside is what we're saying. There are apparently that all these latrines that they're building in some of these poor areas, a lot of them have been abandoned or not used or they use them as storage sheds. Uh, It says it's a good idea, but if people are not convinced that it's a good idea to use a latrine, they have an extra room to use for something else. They'll use the latrine as like a closet. Yeah, yeah. Or to to store farming equipment. Or Or to put their foosball table. (laughs) Many countries have made great progress in tackling open defecation with Vietnam and Bangladesh. where more than one in three people relieved themselves in the open in 1990, virtually stamped out the practice entirely by 2012. We talked. So they're doing. Good. They're, they're, they're doing it. But we're talking about like in in, um, in India, where you're talking about the Ganges. Well, yeah. that, that's that's number one. Okay, number one worst. Yep. The global number has fallen from 1.3 billion in 1990, but one billion people, 90 percent of them living in rural areas, continued to defecate in gutters, behind bushes, or in open water bodies <sighs> with no dignity or privacy. The practice is still increasing in 26 countries in sub-Saharan Africa, Nigeria, which is where they uh, they recently they captured all those uh, schoolgirls. Schoolgirls, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, they were the worst offender. 39 million people. Are open defecators, right? Uh, compared to twenty three million in nineteen ninety, so they're they're pooping outdoors more often. Uh, it's like, just it's the, just horrible. The country with the largest number of public defecators is India, yeah, which has six hundred million people that do that. That's probably six hundred million people below the poverty line. Yeah, six hundred million people. Well, Calcutta alone, yeah, Slumdog Millionaire. Mm-hmm. You look at where they were living. It's Mumbai. Mumbai now. Oh, it's Mumbai. Yeah, it was Bombay before. Now it's Mumbai. what was uh, New Delhi. Old Delhi. Okay. <laughs> well, listen. My uncle's Delhi. 
I, I understand it. Yeah. I understand the need to do this in, in you know some of these other uh, countries and cities or whatever. But here in the states, I feel like if you've made an effort to hide yourself behind a bush or a tree or in between a then couple of be, park then cars, you're okay. I think I think the cops should understand. Uh, <laughs> you're getting involved in the law. I'm in call because you can get in trouble, and some people have gotten For in sure. trouble okay. recently. But, Listen, hey, you, you also have people with Crohn's disease, exactly, and IBS, yes, and, and runners. Sometimes and if they runners. can hold it, you can too, Casey. And lazy female runners. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying if if he's they, on if my they side, have, if they have an emergency. You have no choice. It's in your pants. It's an absolute. It's a medical you know. condition that yeah. makes it almost. Now, however, even the, the people who have to deal with that will make, will take precautions so that they can be with at least within a, a an actual bathroom's length of a yeah. disaster. Remember, did they ever pass that law? Remember who was uh, from from uh, Pearl Jam? Who was behind this? Mike McCready. Yeah, Mike McCready, who has Crohn's, Crohn's disease. Yeah. That if you if you have a certain you, there's a card that you can carry in your wallet or on your person that if you come into a business and you show it to them. That by law they have to let you use the bathroom. Uh, I don't know if that's. I don't think it's Pennsylvania. So, so, it might have been Colorado. So a place or that has like, like an employees only bathroom yeah. would, would have to because it yeah. is a is still a public place would allow you access to the bathroom. Yep. Yeah, right. I, I tried to use a. Uh, I was at a convenience store. I had to go pee in Colorado in, in Denver. I remember that. And right. I got in a fight with a guy because I'm like, "Hey, do you have a bathroom?" He's like, "No, we don't have a bathroom." This is a defining story of your life. Oh, I was you will, so mad. You, you, the way Homer goes on about the Blue Man Group, uh huh. that's you in this story. I yelled at the guy. I'm like, well, where do you go if you don't have a bathroom? I was so mad. Were you actually yelling at him? I yelled at him. I had to go that bad. Wow. And there was nowhere else. There was nowhere else to go. <laughs> You couldn't find it. There's no place closer? No. I was there, man, and I know they have a bathroom. I don't know why he's holding out on me. Come on, man. <laughs> Uh, so anyhow, it's near and dear to his heart. Yeah, six hundred million people. God, oh my, I would not want to walk around. No, it's I, disgusting. I, I, I think I tweeted not long ago. <laughs> the I, or somebody sent this article to I me. Mean, I hope I tweeted it. It was bathrooms around the world. Yeah, I think I did. And and was that Robin Leach's show? No, uh, but it it was to to show you what to expect when you travel around yes. the world when you yeah. go into the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Like in Germany, they have this weird bowl. Where it's it's a porcelain bowl. The drain is not to the rear like it is in our toilet. It's actually in, the, in, a, in a deeper part in the very very front where you would urinate. And basically, when you're when you're doing the other one, it just plops down and sits in this porcelain bowl. And then eventually, the water comes in and washes it out. But when you get up, it's sitting there dry on this little platter. Oh for my you. god! And you wipe your your butt on Hitler's mustache. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that part's cool. But no, there there are some in um, in some Asian countries where there's a hose in there too, mm-hmm. or just or, a hole in no the ground. Toilet paper, exactly. Or a hole in the ground, or the one in India they showed literally was in a in a hut that was in on. Uh, uh, on stilts above, which I assume was the Ganges, because you know it's it's a, just a filth. Jesus uh, Christ. And, and it's a hole in the bottom of this thing, and you just poop right into the yeah. river. And that's it. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, thank God. And some of them are there, just but holes. for the grace of God. Some of them are just a holes in the ground with two footprints on either side. That's why camping has no. That's one of the main reasons. Wouldn't you agree with that? Why, out, why out, we will never go camping? camping? Well, yes. there are different levels of camping. Yes. We're, we're going to camping. Backwoods, no. Alaska, you're going to be pooping outside. But if you're at French I Creek, won't. they, they got out. I, <laughs> would, I would ride a bear into town. <laughs> when was the last time you guys had to go to the bathroom outside? And I'm not talking on the golf course pee-pees. Yesterday. because yeah, that's every time. Yeah. Yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Yesterday. I was hiking on the, on the trail, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, I, I, I peed. Yeah. I, yeah. Have you ever gone? And the guy I peed on was upset. <laughs> big potty. Have you ever gone big potties outside? <laughs> no. No. Never. Well, never. Never. Yes. Never. 
No, I no, I've never done that. I was, never. I was forced to when I did the mountain climb. Well, besides yeah. that, because that's they don't have latrines on the way up, or do they? They do on different levels. Yeah. Okay. Kilimanjaro. And, I mean, what's what's the rule? Bury it. Uh, you, you well, you you're supposed to, but hold it. No, no, for six days. <laughs> um, but. Listen, it's an extreme situation, right? Yeah. So sure. there's only so many places you can go. But yeah. I, that, I actually found that to be among the most disgusting parts of everything that I did because it's just everywhere. So Kilimanjaro. You, oh, really? You see it? Oh, you see it. You see Ooh. human excrement up and down the mountain. Can't, and the higher up couldn't. you go, the, the worse it is. And I, I commend you. It was a charitable thing, and you did a great thing, and that's wonderful. But I, I would not be able to to take that. Yeah, it's foul. Wait a minute. Let me get. Let's go to Joe. There are a lot of calls here, and we don't have time to really get to too many of them. But Joe sounds kind of weird. Hey, Joe, you're on the air. Good morning, <laughs> Joe. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Hold on. Go ahead. Now you're on. Yeah, you guys rock. Thanks, oh! Appreciate it. What's up? Hey, uh, I just wanted to mention the fact that uh, I have a friend that every time we go to a junkyard, we go there just to find scraps for cars and stuff, and he always has to take a poop every time we go. It's it's like something about the junkyard. He's that excited. Makes him have the poop. Yeah. He goes. He goes into a junk car and he and he has to poop to in me, the car in a junk car. He will. Yeah. Does yeah, he, he have was, a preferred part of the car that he will use? Uh, it, no, it, it just depends the boot? on where he can fit in. But he, it, it, he, I mean, it's so bad now that he literally takes a roll of toilet paper with him every time we go. Joe, I would, I would kill him. I would, yeah, I would I, murder him dead. I, I just, I just tell him I'll catch him later, and I, I keep going along the other roll of cars and stuff, and he I mean, up with me. Joe, he's he's an adult man. He can't time yeah. out. He can't hold it. I, I don't know what it is, but every uh, time we go, he has to poop. And it disgusts you, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, I just don't quite, like you said, I don't quite get why he has to go every time and why he can't hold it until we're out of there. But You know what? There, there might be some sort of sick perversion attached to it. Yeah, now, I think he gets something out of it. I, I really mm, do. I, he, Joe, he agrees with me. I think there's something more than just, oh, I can't get to it. Of course you can get to it. I can only speak from my, my own experience. Like I said, when I when as soon as I pull up to the casino and I'm excited about playing, mm-hmm. he, this guy might be excited about finding a car part or something like that. And just it's part of the hunt, you know, and, and when yeah. I, I have to zip off into the bathroom every time. But yeah, you, we'll as an adult I male, use the bathroom. go into a bathroom and go. I just don't think junkyards have bathrooms. Yeah, so. no, well, I I mean, they have junkyards up in the office. They have bathrooms up in the office. Then but, he ought uh, to go do that. Yeah, you're yeah, right. That's as we're right. walking along, he holds up his roll of toilet paper, and I'm like, all right, I'll catch you later. Does he find it funny? Uh, no, he, I mean, it's 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 something serious for it's him. It's just business. Like, you know, yeah. uh, but he carries the roll of toilet paper with him? Yeah, he, he knows well, he does, he's not an animal. <laughs> he he, he to likes go. to crap in his in the, in the frames in of cars. cars. Yeah. He's Thanks. not an animal. Thanks, he crawls yeah. through the rubbish and craps in the trunk of a rusting car. <laughs> I mean, come on. He, Wait, he has... you hear what Mike does. Hold oh on. Mike. Uh, you guys work. Thank oh. you, man. All right. Go ahead. So I don't, I don't want to give too much away uh, because I don't, you know. Because we'll see the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like who you work for? No, no, no. That's not going to happen. But... <laughs> Uh, when I do do my roofing work, when you do do the do 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 that you do so well, when I do do at work, uh, I, I have to go, and there's no better feeling in the world than being like you know, fifteen, sixteen stories up where nobody can see you. Well, Mike, you know, let's let's tell people let's tell people what you do for a living. I'm a, I'm a roofer. I'm a commercial roofer. Oh, I thought you were an elevator operator. <laughs> He's a roofer. A roofer. Do you? It's- Hang your butt over the side of the house? No, 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 no. Like a trash bag in a can, and then I'm, oh. I'm civilized about it. 
Okay. All right. Uh, you, at least you, you're taking your droppings with you. That's fine. I'll even take that as opposed to Kathy's friend that is the Johnny Appleseed of fecal matter. Thanks, Mike. Oh, well, well, that's just disgusting. I yeah. appreciate it, man. We'll I'm still trying to find out where she goes. Like, if it's... Hey, say her name on the air. And we'll, we'll see no. Yeah. If anyone sees my friend Debbie... <laughs> now, if she's on, like, back trails and stuff like that and step off to the she's woods... Not, I think she's always she's on back trails. not on back trails. trails. Wow, I can tell... I, I, Kathy, I, I know this... And this troubles you, doesn't it? Do you have, do you like to shake her hand? It troubles all of us. I wouldn't. No, I love her. I but I did just yeah. find out she pooped. Just never go running with her. Wow. <laughs> Very interesting stuff. Well, I n- now you see what we have in common with those six hundred million people in India. Hundred million people. Yep. Open defecation is what it's called. That's. Oh wait, here, hold on. They need to stop that because I mean, it's disease gets spread. Oh, you getting a text oh, back shoot. from her? Answer. No, not her. I'm not oh. texting her. Okay. All right. Anyhow, uh, we need to take a break. So stay right there. I'll be back in a second. Everything that rocks includes cool MMR swag you can wear. Rock, 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 MMR rock shop. Get your MMR gear at the online store. Rock, rock, MMR rock shop. Tees and tops and a whole lot more. Get your hands on some awesome merch at MMR's Rock Shop. Get shopping at WMMR.com now. All the merch that rocks. Our next guest is, dare I say it, a legend. Don't he is a legend. It. Don't say it. <laughs> Don't say it. I could break out in rosacea. <laughs> Too much pressure. It's... Don't say that either. It's pressure. <laughs> it's the amazing Richard Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Good morning, I guess sir. that's my new theme song. Yeah. Larry. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like Bob Hope, Larry David, and oh, Lewis is here too. I, I, d- now, hey, the show's kicked off pretty cool. I think I'm a fan of the show too. It's great. Has not missed a beat, and no. it's it's wild <laughs> that you have um, uh, you know that everyone came back because everyone went on to other projects. Of course, He's, the Goldbergs were yeah. there and other stuff. But how you go back with Larry to childhood, right? We were born in the yeah. I mean, I'll I'll be brief with this because I've said it a few times. I don't want to waste your airtime on this. But we were born in the same hospital, three days apart. So mm. uh, we're both old, but I'm older. And and, and I use that, try to use that, but unfortunately, you got incredibly more intelligent, and more <laughs> articulate than I am. So it's pretty obvious on the show. He wins. Yeah. So yeah. when you called Bin Laden, we were talking with Mr. House here, the Philadelphia <laughs> legend himself here. <laughs> He says, no, no, it was someone else who had mentioned it. He said, was it an ad lib? He said, no, I called Bin Laden Ben Laden. <laughs> and you were excoriated but, but, no, for that. Yes, but yeah. I came back with, no, I meant Ben Laden, the shirt maker. <laughs> Luckily, he kept it in. You know, when you do that show, you don't know what it, you know, he, he's on, he's like, he's like Woody. You know, he's on yeah. every, he edits everything with everybody. He's, okay. I mean, he's a genius. He, yeah. he plays off, he plays to your strengths. You guys went to... But you know, my point is, I don't know what's going to, when I come home, I don't know what's going to be in. You know, you do a couple of takes and you go home. So you watch the show to see what made it. I haven't watched the show yet. When did it start? <laughs> no, I, may, I know I'm in it, but yeah. you know, you ad libs, it's all ad libs, so you don't know what he what he finds funniest. Right. So you pray that you're, you know, and, but he's watched my back, so, and everybody's, he's, he's pretty fair handed. Well, yeah. the, the genius of taking an idea, like you guys are in the same restaurant at the same time, but, um, yeah. Have to walk towards one another, and he gets pissed because he had to walk five steps 
more than you did, <laughs> and milking comedy out of that, like it's it's remarkable. Well, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen because I didn't know what the scene was. I said, "What what's going on?" He says, "I just stand over there and action." <laughs> and then you're waving at one another. Yeah, well, that just came out, but uh, but see, we 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 do know each other. We, you know, we we were we did know each other when we were twelve. We went to some little sport. It was a big sports camp, and he was a moron, <laughs> gangly, intellectual, no shot. You know, all elbows. So, I was this short Jewish guy with a dead shot, and he hated me. We had fist fights, and then I never saw him again until we became we became best friends as young comics in New York, like in our tw- early twenties. Isn't that wild? But I was I'm a recovered drug addict for a long time now, and I was probably drinking, learning how to drink back then. And after, like around midnight, after I said, I said, "I something about you that scares me, man." Like a you know, like it or the clown you're talking about, <laughs> yeah. like Pennywise, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and it, we realized that we were the same jerks at twelve who became best friends 12 years later and that tripped us out yeah you, i think it shows on screen now it does yeah. there's such a there's such a, there's a similar yet different enough sensibility comedically that makes it fascinating to watch you two engage each other and you can see he legitimately enjoys what you're coming up with but the thing is that i don't know if it's apparent and i don't i i they always ask him is, is that really like how you are and the truth is he is a very eccentric guy yeah I remember once, I think he had, uh, when he was his ex-wife at one of his houses, he had a, a, a Clinton uh, benefit, not yeah. a benefit, you know. A, fundraiser. A fundraiser, yeah. right, thanks. And uh, he was upstairs, and the thing went off for about two hours, and then, and then his wife came up and says, the president would like to thank you. And Larry went, ah, I don't have a need. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a need. It's okay. <laughs> I want to finish this chapter. I'm paraphrasing now, but uh, that's who he is. Wow. I mean, I wish I had. I wish I didn't. Wasn't so needy. Like uh, Springsteen, I've had some. When in my dark days, I broke down his band door uh, after four year hiatus. Do tell. Well. Yeah. It was all over the papers back then. I was bottoming out on crystal meth, so anything went at that point. And I and I and I, and I was. It was just one of those nights, you know. You know, you're you're, you're loaded, you know. At a Seemed date, like a good idea. Six guys, <laughs> yeah. limo. Let's go to the Meadowlands. <laughs> and I knew a lot of the East Street guys anyway. And uh, I said, I'm going to go down. My thought was to go down without even thinking. At that point, I was so hammered that uh, it's the it's his first show in four years, and uh, he's talking to his band. It might be meaningful. That didn't come through. Uh, <laughs> crystal meth at all uh-huh. there's no back door to that thought right uh-huh. so i knock the cops were trying to get me up richard go up you know that was they were trying to be nice richard go back to your seat no i got i knocked on the door and he came out and he was in that weightlifting mode yeah. right yeah. he could have pounded me into a little jewish doll <laughs> if he wanted to yeah and i said to him woody guthrie bob dylan you <laughs> That's why I had to come all the way down to, oh, his, no. to the bowels of the. <laughs> so he just looked oh, at me no. and he went back in. So uh, <laughs> when I got sober, I wrote a book and I asked him for a line, which uh, which he gave to me. Yeah. And uh, there's an ending to this. The line was it's from a Lucky Man, uh, not a Lucky Man, a Lucky Man album, or it was, uh, whatever the album is. Lucky, I remember his yeah. solo album. Lucky yeah. Days, Lucky Town. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky, Lucky Town. Lucky Town. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like yeah. it's a sad man, my friend, who's who's living in his own skin but can't stand the company and i was still drunk then but i was listening to that song all the time i was in rome doing some film and i was just 
going, that's who I am. Oh, wow. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like oh, cool. Yeah. I hate myself. Cool. How cool. So then I... Uh, he wrote me, I wrote him, after I got sober, I wrote him a note. I got it, I don't know, it was hard to get, it's like getting through to Howard Hughes, but I got through to him. And uh, he wrote me this handwritten letter, two pages, like with a quill pen, like Ben Franklin. I hate to use a, a local reference. <laughs> You're playing to the crowd. Do a local You're playing to the crowd. I really sucked up to that Philly on that. <laughs> it, it, was, it had a Ben, it was an original Ben Franklin pen. So I went into my rocky den with all the, all the memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he wrote me this letter. He says, hey, and he was writing. He says, we lie in bed, Patty and I, we watch years of Curb. I could be binge watch. And then he talked about the, the creative creativity and don't and don't take your audience uh, for granted and push the envelope, all that stuff. So I showed Larry came over and I said, because Larry is is well is so well known and so and, and, and deservedly so. He's so famous. Yeah. But it's a, that, to me, that's a trip. You know, like I was looking at all the gold yeah. records. You know, I'm 70 now. I know, I know half these guys. Yeah. I got loaded with half of them. I tried to help them not get loaded. I remember going to Ozzy's house once about 10, 15 years ago. They said Ozzy likes you, and this the other. I don't know how he is now. I, I haven't seen him in a while, but they said he wants to speak to you alone. See, this is what I do on stage. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I apologize, but <laughs> but they. I said I, alone. No one's going to come with me. No, just he likes you. I said I met him a few. Nights. I said well, so. What am I supposed to do? Well, just tell him that he's going down the wrong path. I went all right. I'll you know. So I go in there and and the house was like a gothic like <laughs> vampire. Yeah. Forty foot candles next to the on the side of the toilet. It was like. <laughs> If Will Chamberlain was a vampire, that's what this house would remind me of. <laughs> Candles that tall. Yeah, and then he's in there, and then his wife uh, said he's in there waiting for you in a chair that the back was about up to the ceiling. It was like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was like, uh, rest his soul, uh, Tom Petty's that uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Oh, don't come around here no more? Yeah. yeah, yeah wow, yeah. it was so great. He, yeah. he was, oh, it's crazy. So, so because... No, so I, I couldn't understand him. Yeah. yeah. I went, Ozzy, and he went, uh, I went, I know. <laughs> I see it when you're right, you're right. But an hour of that. Yeah. And, and he's smiling, and then I, apparently I helped him. He, he cleaned up. Wow. What? I'm quite a recovery expert. I love it. Just mumble. Hey, did you, did you the, the spring scene letter, did you frame that? No, I, I, I defam, thank you. Yeah. Getting, yeah. Uh, I, uh, no, I framed it in about an hour. And my yeah. wife said, I read it to her on the phone. She was out, and then she says, it's framed already? How did that happen? <laughs> she thought I was in love with him. I said, well, no, I did. I love him, but uh, I had a friend. So Larry came over, so he starts reading, and he goes, yeah, I see. <laughs> so I, I, I'm jealous of that, if that's the truth, that he's felt he's so self-confident. You know, I mean, that's a Springsteen letter. Is, a tr is Anyone would be thrilled to get a letter from Oh, my Bruce. gosh. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I you know so, you you have so they're, they're just people, but I mean sometimes when you grow up like I started you know in my early twenties you know listening to you know rock and roll and all these rock and rollers were like you know stars at nineteen and twenty, so it took me about fifteen years to catch up with them. But then it still trips me out. Sure, hanging it, with them. It's still you. It's you're still impressed by that. Look at Springsteen on Broadway now. He has yeah. The, the opening night was just the, the the upper upper echelon of entertainment. They they're when you have people like yeah, Steven I missed it. <laughs> are you, you going to go see it? You going to try and get out there and see it? Yeah, I am. He's doing like an eighty-day run or something like that. So yeah, I mean, but Spielberg fanboying and stuff like that—it's—it's—you it's, it's, can certainly understand it because there's, 
you know, they're, 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 that's a legend, you know. No, no, that was a cool idea. I, I, I hope I get to see it. I mean, I went to Larry David's opening night on Broadway, and that was to every chair. Talk about a tough house. It's always a tough house right? when you do gigs in front of either friends or like I did a gig three or four years ago in L.A., and uh, it was, it was a, it's a hip joint, but it was packed, 300, 400 people, but everyone knew me. And so that's I'm difficult. I'm staring at my doctor who just put his finger, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. an hour, two hours before for a colon check or whatever he was doing. That's what he said he was doing. That's what he said. That party hat on. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I, I wonder, uh, Richard, uh, with your, because um, my, my brother has been sober for now 12 years and doing great. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, with all of that that you went through, yet your your material has always remained razor sharp. Your your stuff is is brilliant, yet seemingly effortless. Um, you know that that always seemed to stay intact. I mean, you're still as sharp as I as ever. Out. I lucked out. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I I've devoted myself to this. I'm obviously like twenty, so it, I mean, it seems to be a Herculean I, thing to fight, but you managed to do it. Well, I, I, I somehow, and this is no excuse for anybody to keep drinking. If you're in the arts or anything, if you're a plumber, you'll screw up the toilet. Believe me, if you're loaded, and, and when you, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. I, you know, you'll, you'll bite, you'll put a salmon in the toilet instead of <laughs> fixing the bowl that's bouncing on the back. You know, <clears throat> right. but I, right, you yeah. know, like when I did Carnegie Hall, I mean, like thirty years ago, I, I had like one little glass of wine like hours before, so I was like so bright i didn't want to screw that up but then after the gig with a party downstairs with 300 some of my best friends from childhood on i was so loaded that's you know i missed the celebration yeah. and embarrassed myself but the show was great but so i think i did that with with acting you know, i knew when not you know when not to but my didn't mean my life wasn't all ripped apart i think we've mentioned it before when the last time you were in but the you the movie drunk drunk blew, blew me drunks blew me away um, you're, it's a dramatic turn for you. Uh, w- where does that fall in the uh, in the in the list of your life accomplishments? Well, no, I appreciate you mentioning it. It's, it's an indie, and it's it is it is gettable on all those you know, Amazons and whatever. But it's I only recommend it because the the I auditioned for it and I got a role and I beat out. Like I I was shocked that they gave me the lead, but I was only about six months sober and I was in New York uh, doing a Letterman, one of like a million thanks to Dave and uh, right right. And they wanted me to audition, and the, uh, the director came in, and I, I was up all night because I was just sober, and I was raw, and he, he broke down crying, and I got the role. Wow. And uh, But it was like, but the reason it's a good film to watch is because the actors, there's like 10 unbelievable world-class, you know, Academy Award-winning yeah. nominees, and, I, and they their monologues are astounding, so it's a cool film. Well, yeah. and I, I watched it when you know when my, my brother was going through all this stuff, and and it's because I'm so proud of him for what he achieved and, and what people achieve. And that's how we we're, we're talking off air about Artie Lang. His book Crash and Burn wow. is about as as unbelievably gut wrenching a take right. on someone's addiction as I've ever read. And we, he was in here like I, I don't even know how you were able to put that on on paper. Uh, you know, but it's um, but anyone who you survives know, that and gets through it deserves a you know a, a massive um, uh, bit of adulation for that. Well, you know, it is you know, it's just cliche, but it is a day at a time. I mean, I'm I'm like a block away from you know going down. Yeah. So I mean, I always know that, but you know, David Brenner, who was a buddy of mine, one of my best friends, who uh, the son of Philly here, yep. and 
you know, he, he guided me when I was younger. Don't do this club yet. Don't burn this bridge. You're not ready for the Tonight Show. Don't do this. Do that. Do that. And, I, and, he, and he was great. He got me my first this, first that. And then, How generous of him no, to, he was to be great, that but, way. But, I, but he was a big star when I was just, when I was broke living in Dumbs. And, uh, and I went to his New York townhouse at four floors. And everything he had, I won't use a Philly reference, I would say, look at that staple. Don't touch it. <laughs> Why well, I was Queen Elizabeth? So how much? Twenty five thousand. And I'm going. Oh, and I'm paying like eighty dollars a month for a. Ha I was. I remember one place. I lived in the basement of someone's house in New Jersey, and they had a pit bull on a on a long string from outside, and, they, and the pit bull would just reach my toes by on, on the toilet in the basement of where I was living. Oh, wow. So I'm, I was impressed by how many millions of dollars. So I said, yeah. "How did you do this?" Because you know, you know, I was back then. It was like not many com young comedians. Yeah, right. And he says, I bought this house with jokes. And not to get too morose, but when I was bought, when my night of that, what you're talking about, I was a really, Crystal Meth had me by the throat. And uh, I looked around my, and I had a really lovely home in the Hollywood Hills and the whole deal. And I said, I was in my early middle 40s. And I went, I'm going to drop dead. I bought this house with jokes. Yeah, yeah. One of my, one of my Muck, man. Yeah, yeah. And I called friends, and they took me to the hospital, and that was that was August fourth, no kidding. Before that, that was, was the it. turn. That was my bottom. So my, you know, my brother considers his his uh, AA. You know, uh, a lot of family reunions could have been my bottom too. But yeah. <laughs> clear about that. It's like your birthday, though. It's your, it's your, your day you actually start. Yeah, that, yeah. It's start, and I think they they sort of treat it that way too. Yeah. Um. But I mean, but besides all that, your 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 material and 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 and, and curb and everything. Um. You're obviously you've never missed a beat creatively. What where with the stand up and everything, which I can you're just in the absolute top of the top. Um, is is that is that the main thing that you love? Does that keep you going, or is is it sort of a combination of everything? No, I it, when you you know I don't have a million acting roles to my credit. I, I lucked out. I had a lot of luck. I was watching this uh, documentary, famous director Sidney Lumet, Dog Day, Serpico. And you look at the his verdict, resume. genius. The ver oh, forget about it. And his last movie, I don't know if, if anyone hasn't seen Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. It's like one of the most incredible films. And he was 84 when he did it. And he said, with all the actors he worked with, what's What's the what's the big, the word he heard the most? And it's luck. I mean, with all the respect, craft you got to have craft. Yeah, got to be ready. But had I not, you know, had I not had Carson didn't think I was crazy, and, uh, and let him and not said you can come on as often as you want. And had I not auditioned for Jamie Lee Curtis and and been known by half the country, and then Larry coming over my house in two thousand. Because he knew I dug acting. I did some. He says if you, you're going to play yourself, and you pretty much bury yourself. I said I don't care. But I didn't make a demand. I just said, I don't want to be a cameo like Sammy Davis Jr. Hey, look who's here on All in the Family. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Hey, look, Richard Lewis is bowling. A Jew is bowling. <laughs> I said, I'm not doing that. He said, I didn't even know what the show was. I just, just trusted him. I said, but give me three or four episodes to establish a relationship. Otherwise, no. And yeah, he was cool about it, and he did it. Yeah, uh, that show that you were talking about, Jamie Lee Curtis, anything but love was the name of it. Yeah, we got shafted on that one because we were picked up for another year. We it was. Been, I remember that. It, it was, was a. It was a pretty cool show. It was smart, but written. I wasn't having intercourse for the first two years, and I was getting really hammered by taxi drivers. It was, I almost went into a mental hospital for clo closing the. Yeah, how long is it going to take? Everyone was De Niro. When are you going to go to bed with her? <laughs> <laughs> Look at her body. What's wrong with you? You're scared. 
Yeah. I remember that. That was, that, that was quite a good De Niro impression. <laughs> that sounded like Barnaby Jones. And I don't even know who that is anymore. It's an old show you from the 50s. You blew it! There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, got, we got the clip. stop calling me. <laughs> uh, that was the thing. She was, uh, you were, I remember you being perceived a little bit as sort of a, a, a sex symbol around that show. There was, you were, you yes, were the. Yeah, it only, it was my hair. My hair was 20 feet high. <laughs> yeah. You had the most hair. erect hair in the history of show business. <laughs> it was all backing up. Yeah, crows, <laughs> crows were living in, and having intercourse in my head. <laughs> Wow. Where yeah, we're looking go? at a picture of Richard Lewis from... Uh, wow, look at that show. hair. Yeah, you had a serious mullet going on there. Yeah, then. look at that clothes. But I look the, like I'm... Uh, God. The deal was... Pasadena it... Parade. Uh, <laughs> and <a> Marshall. <laughs> Roseville? Yeah, I wouldn't... Yeah. Uh, I, I love it. You were friends who everyone wanted you guys to How long are you going to keep it on the screen? I'm getting... <laughs> I'm gonna, Thank my, you. My testicles are getting lower by the minute. <laughs> But were you going to ask me? No, no. For people who don't remember the show, it was one of those shows where you like you guys were obviously heading towards a romance, but the f- feeling no, was... No, we had to. I kept right, faxing, right. faxing the producers, I have to sleep with her or I'm leaving the show. Right. I, mean, I was out of my mind, but I, I, I somehow got through the show. And uh, But uh, no, it was great. They only put out half the shows on DVD. It's a shame because it, it was a decent show. It was. It was, you know, and it was the first, like, and then there was a lot of shows after that. I mean, I was the first, like, you know, sort of like, you know, neurotic Jewish guy to have, like, a sex symbol, you know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they said that the the the, the country needed at least two years to prepare. For, <laughs> I was their foreplay. <laughs> but when we first had a love scene in bed, she was practically naked. She was, she was hilarious. She's a good buddy of mine. You yeah. Know, we didn't have anything going on or anything, but we were just friends, but... I I looked under the covers. I went, oh, Jamie, why, why? <laughs> and I was afraid. I was, you know, I'm a sort of a method actor. I think <laughs> I studied that. That if I would have gotten an erection, everything would have been over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was no TMZ. It would have immediately been born. Like <laughs> right. TMZ. I'm Howard Levin. Right. Well, right. you got an erection on the set. Now I have a company. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned Carson. Did you read the um the book by uh, Bushkin that came out a few years ago? I did, and I called them right after. Why? I said, why did you write it? Uh, what do you mean? Well, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I knew Johnny. I wasn't, I didn't hang with him. And a lot of the stuff I heard was relatively some true, some of it maybe not. Oh, okay. as, as to the but, accuracy of the material in the yeah, book? Yeah, I mean, who, do, what, who am I to say? I'm not a prosecutor. But I want, yeah. but he's so hammered in the book. And this guy spent most, the great, most of his life with him. Yeah, yeah. I just call him. I don't know why. I just. I don't know. Maybe it was because he was so important to me. I just said, I'm just curious. Why did you write the book? Well, I, I think maybe he wrote it because there wasn't a TMZ around. When... No, he told me why. Well, I'll tell you what he said to me, if you don't mind. He, no, said, yeah. he says, uh, well, he got fired ultimately. And I said to myself, hey, this is the guy who we plucked out as a 26-year-old attorney. Yeah. And gave him, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Now, it was, it was a tough, it was a, he was a tough boss, Carson. And he had a tough reputation about a lot of things. But, uh, you know, he gave him his life, really. I mean, who knows what would... I mean... Did you perceive it as a... Because as, I read the book, too. I mean, it was a good read. It was a good read. I'm a huge... with Obviously, much more important to you, but Carson was everything. Carson was like, you know, you don't get better than that. Yeah. He was the guy for 90 minutes. You couldn't love... He was the best. Yeah. 
you know, with that. I mean, it's a different world right now, and it's more political. You know, but he was so smooth and cool, and it was just so easy to watch this guy. He was the ultimate also, and I try to explain to people when you'll have... Letterman had a tough time, and he's great, obviously, when he did the Oscars. Carson could weave in and out of master of ceremonies work and and, and yeah, that's com- what i mean i mean letterman was for our generation you yeah know? yeah you know everyone everything changes then john stewart and then all these guys doing their political stuff is there's, there's so much great stuff out there now politically and politically and now you can get your fill if, if it's not enough watching the news right 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 you know do, I, do you have any uh, plans to uh to uh, revisit writing uh more uh more on your life or because you've certainly done well, you mean writing yeah yeah more yeah it all depends i mean i'm really i just i i fell off the roof of my house a year and a half ago and i had to cancel almost a year, about 20 cities what what happened i was well, what were you doing I, on your roof i wanted to be the first jew fixing a drain <laughs> Um, Did you have Guinness there to record it? I wish I had. My wife recorded it. Even the rescue dog wanted to leave me at that point, but that knocked out. Of, I was I was out of. Wow! I had a, I canceled healing. I'm doing all this makeup gigs now. Okay. How and substantial was the was the injury? Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was. I had four or five injuries, and it was it was it was pretty traumatic. But uh, I'm back now, so uh, this month has been great. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Honestly, I don't sound that. Way. I sound like Marley's ghost. I understand that. <laughs> you're, you're exactly who we want Richard Lewis Absolutely. to be. Yeah. You're exactly. No, because I had a raisin cinnamon bagel and it tasted like pot roast and uh, mustard, and um, I think she screwed me over. No. <laughs> pot roast. Don't sue me for that. Don't sue me for that. What I wanted to ask you is because you know people go to uh, to comedy shows, people that are fans of comedy. We go, we laugh, we have a great time. It's entertainment. For you, can you go to comedy shows? Is it is it completely different for you? Only when I stopped in my early 20s because yeah. I didn't want to hear other people's material. I still haven't listened to the last parts of uh, Pryor's albums and Lenny Bruce's albums. I don't want to... I, when I retire from stand-up, I got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> no, I think that's I also very... like to read a novel for the first time. In a, yeah. I mean, like Crime and Punishment before I die. I'm, they're going to throw that into the casket. Yeah. <laughs> you read this. I, yeah, yeah, read Crime and Punishment. Uh, but okay. I understand that the purity, you you don't want to be influenced by someone else's stuff. I'm, I, here's the deal. I'm ethical and a ruthless business. Yeah, yeah. I really am. Mm. Because people are talk about similar subjects and oftentimes... You know, and a lot of people steal. That's clear. Most comics know that. But I don't like. I'm coming from another, from a writing standpoint. Like if I, you know, it's even hard for me to watch some of the curbs because Larry and I are very similar in our sensibilities. And mm-hmm. if he does a scene based on a premise, I could easily have had it, or have he didn't hear me say it, and I'll just drop it. Yeah. You know. So, uh, but and you, know. you have you have you're you're, you're plausible in your then. You're, you, it's true. You're, you, if you say, okay, there's similar bits, because, right, you both have a great well, comedic he, he, sensibilities. Yeah, he, but, he, well, he did a bit uh, about Waze, on, I think. On, the Waze app? Yeah. Yeah. I think he did it already. And uh, Yeah, it was in an episode. And I, I had been doing it. Uh, I had written it something down about six months ago, and I hadn't seen the episode. And then I watched it, and I, I, went, I, I didn't matter. I have thousands of pages of ideas that I just go rummage through before I go on, weeks before I go on any night. I, I take that's how I prepare now. Yeah, I used to bring notes on stage, which was a pleasure. But uh, I love that. I love you. Come up with a legal pad. Well, it was all new. It was like yeah. hours of new. I mean, I would do like a new forty minutes almost every two weeks. But you know, but looking down now, but the, when you used to call clubs, I need a six foot rider with a with a boat and an ark and, and a fisherman on the end and made of marble. And uh, in Vegas, I remember I was playing the MGM Grand. Right. And I told these uh, the teamsters, I went, 
They were lifting up really big guys, lifting up like a Elton John piano, and they got it on the stage next to the right. He said, "Put it right to the right to the left of the mic." And he says, "Mr. Lewis, we didn't know that you played piano." I go, "Oh, I'm a moron. I'm not going to play piano." And I took out this like twenty foot sheet of yellow paper, and I went, "No, it's just for this." And they were—I'm not sure if it was anti-Semitic, but they ran after me like the Keystone Cops, like anyone knows what the Keystone Cops. I got I do. I was curious. Yeah. Uh, I used to do an old joke. I know we're on. I'm sorry, but no, no, no. I used to about you know when when you get old, sometimes your references pop out of your head. <laughs> but I stopped doing colleges at an early age because they didn't get some of my references because I remembered stuff when I was five and they weren't even born for 20 years. So I, the premise was, if I would say, you know, Dwight Eisenhower, I mean Katy Perry. And his, um... <laughs> so I want to hear the joke, joke that's applicable to both Dwight Eisenhower and Katy Perry. <laughs> Look, we pulled up pictures of the Keystone so Cops for the young ones here who don't know what wow. it is. <laughs> I want to I ask you about the uh, parakeet joke in uh, the first episode of uh, oh, Curb. Yeah. Did, did you actually have a parakeet? No. Okay, so that was all fiction. Hey, and I also didn't, you didn't give me his kidney either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've told you how many, I'm, you know, I've always had respect for you until that last <laughs> It's 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 a television show. Yeah, exactly. And I never had any close with Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Jesus, you're a moron. <laughs> Nick, what happened to you? Did you, did you, did you fall off a roof? I just like the parakeet you joke. You wanted to copy the Jew who fell off the roof. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did fall off the roof. Don't say that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. All right, Richard, it's great to see you, man. Good to see you guys. Enjoy your time in Philadelphia. Richard Lewis, yeah. everybody. We'll take a break and we'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. MMR and Live Nation are happy to announce the live performance drought is finally over. It's the Live-In at the Drive-In Concert Series. A month of shows in the Phillies parking lot. You'll experience from your car. 93.3 WMMR and the Struts invite you to rock out live in your ride Saturday, August 22nd. Your body talks. Your body talks. The Live-In at the Drive-In Concert Series. Essentially awesome solution to a performanceless pandemic featuring the struts and many See more. See the full schedule at WMMR.com. Tickets on sale now at LiveNation.com from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. So yesterday I'd uh, mentioned that uh, uh, there was something personal and, and slightly embarrassing that I, I yeah. might share with you guys, a little story. Yes, you had to get uh, um, the thumbs up from the wife before you could. Yeah. And she didn't give the, the thumbs up right off the bat. No, she, she just asked. wanted to know how, the problem. how deep into this yeah. I was going to go. But right. listen, you guys are going to think it's no big deal. But uh, but uh, not then, so sure about that. I don't know. Well, here and in, in the long and short of it, um, I got busted spanking it the other ah! night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right, well, where? Where and uh, when? I'll, I'll, trust bad, me, I'm going to give you the full oh, yeah. story. Were you standing up on your bed? <laughs> I was bouncing on one leg in the shower. No. So let, let me set the stage here. So this is it was cheer practice. This is uh, Friday. Uh, I played a, uh, a golf outing that day right after work. Uh, hung out for the the after events and hosted that, and uh, and then came home and, and of course at the end of the golf outing, having a few beers, relaxing, getting comfortable. Go home, continue to have a few beers. Right. And uh, we were, I don't know, watching TV or something like that. And eventually, I was. it was just a long day. I'd been up at 4 o'clock in the morning, obviously, to go right. to work. I went straight to a golf outing and hosted the after event and then had a few drinks. So I'm tired at this point. It's like 10.30 or something like that, pretty early on a Friday night. 
I'm just like, I'm beat. I'm going to bed. I'm sitting there watching TV. My eyes are starting to close. So my wife and I sleep in different bedrooms because of our sleeping habits are so completely polar opposite of each other. The same, the same, the same. She likes TV on. I can't sleep with the TV on. I like a fan on. She doesn't like the fan on. Blah, blah, blah. We we should sleep together. you and I should sleep together. Uh, and maybe we do this together. I don't know. So I'm I'm climbing into bed, and you know, and at this point, I've already had I don't know <laughs> six beers and a couple wow, whiskeys. I can't believe you even attempted at that point. Feeling kind of antsy. Oh man! I know. Sorry. Shut up. Kevin. Well, she, she's not going to appreciate this, but I know what you're looking to do is you need something to sort of help you nod off. Yes, and <laughs> well, I was going to nod off anyway, but I felt. I felt like rubbing one out. Okay. So anyway, uh, and, and, beca- and, and part of my defense is that look, you have two to, hands to actually to actually attempt the act with her would have been futile. No. I had had enough drinks. <laughs> I was seriously? tired. Physically, it wasn't going to happen unless you just let me lay there and be a zombie for a while, and, yeah. and you do my business, and and that's no fun in, for both of us. It's just fun for me. In many ways, you're being a more conscientious <laughs> husband. Can you be my lawyer, yeah. please? <laughs> because you are. So, we wouldn't put her through that. But listen, so this gets this this gets really good. All right, okay. okay. So I, uh, I I I pop my laptop up. In bed? Your laptop literally on your lap or on the nightstand no, next to you? On the bed. Like, sitting on the bed next to oh, me. Excellent. Wait, and what? Do you prop it up like on a pillow or anything? Why? Do you use the pillow uh, method just to raise it to eye level yeah. a little bit more? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hurt my neck. Okay, so <laughs> I sleep with a, uh, a wedge pillow, so I'm good. So anyhow, and uh, and I put my headphones on. Wow, oh, you're setting well, the mood. There, you, there's your there's your fatal flaw. Yep. I know. Well, listen. <laughs> there's the my, mistake. My He's, son, he doesn't want to miss the dialogue. No, my son's bedroom is right next to mine. Oh, oh. I'm being you again, are being courteous. Being courteous. Yeah. 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 Jump in here for a second, and you're sure. telling the story, and I, I apologize. Uh, Do you run the risk of unbeknownst to yourself? Um, Making sounds that you're now not aware of because you're wearing no, headphones. Dude, I'm not a, okay. I'm not a noisy jerk. Right. No, you, just, you just can't hear anything else. Oh, my else. God, I'm awesome. Oh, you are. Oh, so good. Oh, 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 oh. I know exactly what I want. What you, what you can't. I'm the king. What you can hear is somebody opening the door. Exactly. Thank you. And what you also can't perceive is if the room is dark... <laughs> And the hallway is dark. <laughs> How long they've been standing there? That somebody has opened the door uh-huh. and is watching you until you hear the door slam shut. Oh, oh my no. God. And then I'm like, oh, oh who was that? Oh, my it's God. It's got to be Will. <laughs> no, I knew it was her because of how loudly the door closed. Oh, okay. man, you're a jerk. Uh, so why is he Wait, a jerk? Why, why is he a jerk? I don't know why he's in that? his own well, room. Hang on. It gets even better. Okay, okay. So, I'm on her side. So I, 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 Team I, Rochelle. I, I'm, I'm done, and and I go in. You could finish after that. I was like, I was like five seconds. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Casey. Concentration. Casey's the only one who gives me a knowingly nod. Yeah, yeah. Goes, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. gotta finish. So anyway. Can't stop once I start. It stays. This is, and, and Can't this stop is, the music. This is what I found out the next day. So I'll tell you. I'm, I'm going to jump ahead here okay, in the story. Right. Now I'll come back in a moment. But this is what I found out the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Oh, no. 
so so like I said, a door opens. I I have this bright monitor on. I didn't turn the the brightness down on the monitor at all. So it's blinding me essentially. I can't see anything. When you past, have a, right, a exactly. bright light source in a dark room makes, makes everything yeah. around darker. Apparently, <sighs> the whole family. I guess I had I I had sensed maybe something in the room was going on, and I. Locked eyes with my wife. Oh, oh wow. wow! Unbeknownst to me, I guess I looked towards the door, <laughs> and I didn't slow down for a second. Oh, <laughs> so man. now you're eye contact, <laughs> and so apparently I make eye contact for a second or two, and then I go right back to the monitor but again. Did, but you didn't as really, if, as if don't bother me right you're, now. You're throwing off my tempo. But you didn't really make eye contact with her. You didn't no, see. No, but she, to her, into, I was right. looking into the void of darkness. Right, into darkness. I don't even remember looking away. But, she, right. But okay. apparently, I did. Um, oh, man. And that was bad. <laughs> That's upsetting. So, from yeah. Her, from her perspective. However, um, <laughs> if, if the roles were reversed, the male mind says, okay, go with this. I'd like to jump in you. and help you out a yes. little bit. The female mind, to stereotype, is uh, hurt and rejected, uh, and that's kind of what I got. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like like you couldn't. Uh, the, it was like you couldn't come and you get looked, me. You looked and, right at me. Oh. You looked right <laughs> at me. We we locked eyes. We had an we, no, but it was. Uh, Could you get out? You're screwing things up. I'm making love to myself, which is what she felt. What was by not communicating? But at that point, in defending myself, I'm like, now wait a minute. I'm like. I swear to God, I didn't see you and just lock eyes and then go back to what I was doing. There's no way I would have I would have stopped and gone. You did, got me. Did, you know, did you go to bed afterwards? Like you went to sleep? Uh, well, I went in and I, I went into the bedroom and I'm like, huh? So you, you and did is that you knew she was mad then at that point. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Oh, the door. The door was slammed with enough. Mm hmm. We went and we had a short conversation, and I was like, well, this isn't going to be resolved tonight. So okay. I'm going, I'm going to bed. Oh, yeah. No. And I kind of chuckled, and she didn't like that very uh. much. So anyhow. I, I, did she understand? Did she? Hold on a second. So you brought it up to her. She was clearly, her, her feelings were hurt. Did you sense there was, the, obviously there was the potential to, you felt there was at least she could get it once you explained the fact that to to you the room was pitch black. You had no idea she was there. Yeah, yeah, she, it's a legitimate she, excuse. She, she understands that part. Okay, of it. and the eye contact is what killed it, right? Well, part of it and that and you you didn't you didn't want to do this with me. So uh, she wasn't invited to the party. She wasn't invited to the party to begin with, and we could have. But I tried to explain to her. Yeah, I was I was too buzzed. I was too tired. I just wanted a quick jolly, and I was going to go to sleep. Next time, I'll let it, you run the computer. And it would have been a half hour of futile attempts right. if we were to try to do it together. So It would have been a disaster. Anyway. Huh. And then I guess she didn't like the fact that I was I was looking at an image. I was watching videos <laughs> to help this along. Like every other man on the planet. Uh. That's... I didn't even. Well, no, don't I don't what? Know. All right, yeah, what? What was <laughs> the subject matter? Why is that important? Because I want to see know. if we if we're cycling together. <laughs> uh, I, was, can I guess? Yes. What are you into lately? Because <laughs> I think I know you pretty well. Are you? Uh, all right, I'm going to say there was a chain of events that might have led. <laughs> I'm going to go with MILF. I'm going MILF too. I'm going amateur MILF. Uh. Well, you're you're close, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to write it down because I think um, was it was it uh, Monday night? 
That was Friday. Friday night. Is that Friday golf night? Yeah, okay, after, then then no, that shoots holes in my theory. After the Indian Valley Education Fund golf. Okay, Indians. Later on, I'm going to be pleasuring myself, but I will be thinking of this wonderful evening and all you here gathered for a good cause. Uh, he was hanging out with a bunch of. Uh, no, I'll yeah. just tell you, it was uh, it was uh, what you would call uh, uh, cougar and kitten. Oh, okay. Oh, it, was, it was girl on girl. Hot yeah. lesbos. Cougar and kid. So that, yeah, yeah. Hot, hot lesbos. lesbos. <laughs> um, I've had that happen. Uh, you know, it is. Um, but though I, I do not put on headphones. Oh. I, I, I try to maintain a security parameter. I really parameter. don't even need sound to tell you the truth. No, the sound is always down. You I'm know never, why? Because I well to tell you the because truth, I provide I my own dialogue. I can't. I can't. Well, first of all, I can't do I, for some reason uh, the the girl girl stuff. But a lot of times when the guy even talks, it's like, shut up, dude. Sure. My wife thought it was hilarious because <laughs> I know I look like an idiot. Specifically because she busted you. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, it was hilarious. yeah. And so we're, same thing. Pressed in separate bedrooms. The whole thing. She Claire likes to sleep in Death Valley. I like to sleep as human sleep with the modicum of airflow. So, um, and, and, and so, uh, I was there and, but the door was open a bit. And so she's coming in uh, to put fresh linens in my jar. And, uh, I was, I was watching what I was using on the PS3 at the time. So uh, in one hand, the uh, the video controller, right. and then the other hand, my controller. Right, right, right. I uh, so you can jump from to your favorite parts. If you exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have an infamous story of uh, this couple that we've been friends with for years. And, uh, I mean, everybody laughs about it because they told everybody. But she walked in on him in the bathroom and he had his leg up and was... It was going into the sink. <laughs> his leg was? Yes, like his leg was up and he was doing it into the sink. You know, if you like, contort your body well, in certain ways. He was like, why the sink? The toilet's right there. I like, know, what? I know. You know what, though? That's uh, that's just, that's, uh, the, the sink is nicer. It's a nicer resting place <laughs> mm-hmm. For, for, the, for the children that might have been. I'll tell you this. Um, I know that I looked so stupid. I can't. I would never want to see what I look like when I'm doing that because I no man I don't looks, like the way I look right now not doing it. No man would look good doing that. Oh my god. Um but anyhow, uh it's funny because the only one that I that I shared the story with was Casey and 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 I led with well I got busted spanking. He goes, "Dude, I get busted all the time." All the time. In fact, <laughs> it usually goes the other way. I get mad at her like, "Dude, you knew I was up here doing that." <laughs> <laughs> you like you know <laughs> you should hang like a you know a handkerchief on the on the, on the door. Yeah, a, 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 like a like a like a lace. Uh, yeah, a little, yeah. Little, little a little doily or something. Yeah, or, you yeah. know, yeah. don't come and knock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm spending some time with myself. But to Preston's point, and I completely believe this, you were not going to engage in a full session because you were so tired. Mm-hmm. But you needed to find that 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 peace of mind or whatever. Uh, I think you did the right thing. And once it was explained, she received it well. Or received it better, I should say. Once it was explained? Yeah. I don't know. It took a couple of days. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it wasn't right. like, yeah. uh, oh, now I get it. No, right, it wasn't right. that at all, but. Um, one of the funnier exchanges that I had with my wife is she came up. And you're dressed as a clown. I'm dressed as a clown. <laughs> I told you this story. <laughs> <laughs> By no, the way, sorry, but let me interrupt real quick. It says, uh, hey, Preston, thanks for sharing. This has given me the courage to go to my place of employment and tell everyone about how I run <laughs> in front of my wife. <laughs> We work in a different environment yeah. than you do. 
All right, go ahead. Great. HR complains if we don't talk about doing yeah. that. Yeah, you're right. But my wife walks in and she goes, dude, I gave you a half hour. And I'm yeah. like, I know, but, like, it took me a little while to... Yeah. Sometimes it, it takes a little while to... It's to, the, the, to find the right movie. It's the slow jerk. It has nothing to do with the, with the method. It has everything to do, with, all right, with the, with the video that I no. let, Let's get real. Yeah. One of the most real. frustrating things in the world, you're just not hitting the right category. Right. Mm. Either that or the, the sound is three seconds off from... Uh, the, oh. I don't do sound. So yeah, you don't I'm do sound. Okay. So I'm always okay. Uh, uh, See, me, I'm a headphone guy. I like, I like cards <laughs> that say, you know, like, uh, like silent films. Right. Oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, yeah. dot, dot, dot. Hang on, let me go to some calls. I'm going to go to Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Good morning. Hey there. What's up, guys? Yo, Kelly. Just uh, talking about me. Pleasure myself. What's up? <laughs> Getting caught. Mm-hmm. All right. So I was in um, college. I was from the um, stupid but scenic state, West Virginia. Um, <laughs> stupid I... but scenic, she said. Uh-huh. Stupid but scenic, West Virginia. Yes. All right. So I went out with my boyfriend and his friends, and I couldn't find him. Like, he had disappeared, and I was, like, literally, guys, searched far and wide for this dude. I went into, like, four bars. I paid cover at, like, four bars. Yeah. Couldn't find him anywhere. So I'm like, dude, F this. I'm going back to my to my apartment. I walk in. I'm, like, heels off. It's pouring outside. I'm so annoyed. I get back, and he is, like, going to town <laughs> in my bed. With my computer. In your bed with your computer. <laughs> it's just wrong. <laughs> Bro, are you kidding me? I just looked for literally 40 minutes and I couldn't find him. I was so mad. But, you know, obviously we had to finish the job. So, uh, so, so you, you jumped in and then and oh, then everything was... Uh, that's, yeah, that's very nice. But uh, you, yeah. <laughs> I can understand the frustration. Well, that's different. I wasn't missing. You know, no. I, I hadn't wandered off. So, but thank you, Kelly. That's a fun. Let story. me ask you: mm-hmm. If you go into um, your wife's room, do you a, a quick little? Uh, it's it's it never happens because I go to bed so much earlier than everybody else. Right. So she's never in there. No, so I don't. I do. do. Yeah. I, I was. You know. You know. Uh, she may have another man, and I don't want to. Right. It. Right. Exactly. You don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, hang on, let me go to Jordan. Hey, Jordan, how you doing? Good, Preston, how are you? Good, what's up, Jordan? Uh, years <laughs> ago, before my wife got married, we were engaged, but, uh, she said she was going to her aunt's house in the northeast Philly to spend the day there. <laughs> so I took the opportunity once she left to, uh, go to my computer, which had a nice extensive, uh, catalog, if you Mm-hmm. I might say. Mm-hmm. Well, I had the volume pretty good because I thought she was gone. Yep. Well, unbeknownst to me, her aunt had gone out for the day as well. So she turned back home with the volume up. She came right into the room, my pants down around my ankles. Oh. I didn't even know until she said something. I don't know how long she was watching. <laughs> and she, and she got me good. And, and at that moment, Jordan, can you possibly feel lower? It's just like, oh, you're, there's, there's, there's no way out of it. You're just the lowest form of life, right? I, I don't think deer in headlights quite describes, to be honest. <laughs> was she angry? I mean, was she angry? Uh, the plates were gone after that day. My computer was gone after that day. She Whoa. took the plates? Uh, almost the engagement was gone that day. She doesn't really approve of that kind of stuff. Okay. Oh, really? Uh, she feels like... Uh, why not ask me to help you or you know, I know. situation? Why do you got to look at other women on the computer? Yeah. No, if, you, if that's because, all you do, that's yeah. an issue. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about every once in a while. 
um, you know, a, 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 a cougar and kitty. Yeah, I'm sorry, but but doing that is not cheating. It is not cheating, not even a little bit. I know. Uh, and yeah, I re- there's a lot of women that feel that same way. Yeah. Um, but but I, they leave the plates. Right? the hottest part of the story. Not like, my favorite Garfield yeah. cup. Um, <laughs> of all the things to take, my crazy straw goes in that. I refuse to feel shame over getting caught uh, doing something that is completely a natural act. Sounds like you feel ashamed if you don't get caught. <laughs> However, yeah. uh, if I if I get caught by my wife, yeah. If I got caught by anybody else, I, my friend when he when we were in high school, I got caught by his mom. Like, dude, <gasps> yeah. how'd you get caught by your friend's I would, mom? I think I might have. I didn't get caught. No, by no, my no. Friend's he mom. got caught by his mom. <laughs> Wait, that's yeah. Casey, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're on the swim team. I'll show you how you hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> no, he got caught okay, by got his it, mom. Got it. If that ever happened to me, I would have to run away. Yeah, my buddy. It happened to my buddy Steve. Yeah, uh, he was. Um, and he was watching. It was at the time and age where like the Spice Channel was on. Steve. Oh, and yeah. It was, yeah. And it was scrambled. God, yeah. And so he got busted doing doing it to the scrambled Spice Channel. <laughs> His mom walked Which in. Hell is it? God, it was so funny. Well, oh. remember, I mean, I didn't actually see him, but we caught our friend who bought porn on our, our yeah, TV. massive meaty men, massive, massive meaty, meaty men. men. And I, I called him. Was like, well, are I mean, like, are you gay? What is this? But apparently, it was a, it was a, no, just it was, big it was men and heterosexual, but well equipped, well equipped yeah. men. Um, hang on, let me go to. I would watch that. Let me go to Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Good morning. Good morning. How hey. are you? Good, Ashley. What's up? Nothing. Um. So I just want to say that in the middle of the night, if my boyfriend can't sleep, he'll wake me up and give me the option and be like, do you want to real quick or... Do or do I have to do it, myself? do it myself? Yeah. There we I go. tell him, just go do it yourself. I don't I'm- get mad. Sometimes, like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and he's not even there and I'll just go, I'll find him doing it with his headphones on <laughs> and he's just like, I'll be done in a little bit. And sometimes, like, if he's gone too long, I'll be like, what are you doing? <laughs> And he's just like, I just, I just couldn't do it. It just, it took me too long because he couldn't find the right video. That, and there it is, Casey. Yeah. What is going on here? <laughs> um, it happens all the time. He's like, it took me two hours, and I couldn't find the right thing. It just, it just wasn't working for me. It took me uh, too long. By the That's way, funny. and that is a dilemma. Uh, when you, thanks, Ashley. It, you know, it's like. Um, you go in to the Baskin Robbins and you're thinking one thing and you're like, but you know what? Yeah. That's pretty good too. Every mm-hmm. now and again, I walk into the Baskin Robbins not knowing what I want and, and, and then I just look at the board and I go, yeah, that's yeah. what I want. You remember, you, know? you remember when uh, Kreischer was here one of the times he goes, he was talking about watching porn and, and what you find yourself uh, enjoying yourself too. And he's like, and it's always something, it's something you would never do in real life. <laughs> no, uh-uh. you would never. In real life, you would never really even like that. <laughs> But there's something bizarrely appealing about sure. it. Sure. Uh, hang on. Let me go to a female caller uh, who is anonymous. Hi, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi, is that me? That's yes. you. What's up? Well, I just, you know, to each his own. Everybody's got their own thing. Personally, I am not offended if I walk in on my husband. It's a turn-on. It's a turn-on for you. Wow. Yes, it is. All right. So will will you, um, and we'll be delicate about this, do you assume the position now of just a uh, a voyeur, or do you jump in and jump in? Oh, a little bit of both. Okay. okay. Interesting. Absolutely a little bit of both. I'll watch for a while, and then... How soon before you call your mom to come on over, too? Because <laughs> I've seen that yeah, I've happen. seen that in many movies, in and movies apparently it's very normal. As well. Yeah, it's not a big deal. 
big deal, and I really do wish women would lighten up and just put, put it, maybe put it into part of their play. That's yeah, well, there right. you go. That's an open mind. There Thank we go. You. See? Hey, by the way, I, we had a call up here, and we lost it. I would love to have talked to him. Busted her husband <laughs> because... The audio that he was uh, on, uh, he was watching a video, started going through the Bluetooth speaker. Oh, no. Oh, yes. That's great. That's great. Alexa, oh. cancel boner. Oh. <laughs> so it that falls happened. technology, man. That yeah. happened to me last night. It, thank God it wasn't porn because all of my kids were in my bedroom. I have a Bluetooth light speaker. So when you turn the light on it, just, yeah. you know, and so... I was watching a uh, a video of a shark eating a seal in Cape Cod, and I just hear my and I'm, there's there's no sound. I oh yeah, my, my oh yeah, eat that seal, <laughs> eat that seal. Thank, thank God it wasn't anything like pervy, because my son yells down. He's like, Dad, we can hear your video. Dear God, could you imagine? Let me go to Chris. Hi, Chris. You're on the air. Good morning. Where's the sausages? Where's the sausages? <laughs> What's up, Chris? How you doing, with Daddy in his room. All right, what's up? Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to talk about the fact that I got caught by my mother. Now, I was like 16 at the time, but I was watching something, a nice program on a big screen TV. I think it was 55 inches. Uh, and it was a an extreme close-up of the, the action. Parts. Yep. And it looked like I was looking at some health class diagram at the time and i and i panicked i put it on pause and my mother and i just stared at each other with oh. that on the screen oh dear oh. god and you finished <laughs> did, did you did you guys just stared at each other <laughs> no in my, mind, in my mind i wanted to god my mom is hot Dear God. Oh, yeah, dear God. Thank you, Chris. Right. It's going to get from bad to worse here in just a moment. All right, let me go. To, this is Jamie. She's the one who was uh, with the Bluetooth speaker. Oh, Hi, my God. Jamie, good morning. Gadzooks. Gadzooks. Jamie, t- take us through this. Okay, so um, we were preparing for a party, and we were cleaning the house, and I noticed that he kind of, like, slipped away, which is whatever. Um, so I like to listen to music while I clean. So I decided to turn on the Bluetooth speaker and I heard like faint moaning sounds. Coming through. <laughs> what is this? I um, knocked on the bathroom door and I was like, hey, do you have your tablet in there by chance? And my husband was like, yeah, I'm on the internet. I'm like, okay. So I go back to the speaker and I turn the volume up a little louder and this girl is like going crazy. So I start laughing. I knock back on the door because the volume, like the, the sound just turns off. So it's like, oh, maybe he knows that he's caught. So I knock on the bathroom door and I was like, hey, did you turn your tablet off? And he was like, no, I still have it in my hand. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I was like, so when you're done doing your business, I was like, can you come out here and help me finish cleaning? And oh, my God. Hear, he gets quiet, and you just hear, ha-ha. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Was he embarrassed? Um, I'm not, I don't know. I think so. He came out of the bathroom, and he was like, oh, so you caught me. And I was like, I kind of knew you were doing that because no one pooped for 45 minutes. <laughs> well, some people know, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Thank well, you, me, Jamie. You're yeah, her? Yeah, I was just curious. Do, do, do you, um, are, will you take yourself out for uh, a spin, so to speak? Or, or uh, you know, uh, uh, are you both cool with knowing that happens in the house? Or, or yeah, what's, what's the arrangement? I'm not 
not bothered by it at all. I okay. personally don't do it myself, but if he does it, it's not really a problem. All right. There you go. Thank I think you, it's a healthy attitude. I'm surprised that, uh, that there are some women that don't do that. I, I, well, I've heard time and time again that the women that say they don't are lying. Uh, I think it's more so for guys. I think, so. I think it's a it's a way different story for think, you guys. You, I, think, I mean, you do it regularly. That's not. I mean, that's not the case for, for God. If, if I do it, I don't know, man. There are some women. No, I'm sure there are some women that do it, but I think more more so for men. Like the majority of men are regularly doing Preston, it at most twenty times a day, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But I uh, I think that I think that we as uh, as the as the gender that we are, are kind of bizarrely programmed to do it. I, I really do. <laughs> Once you it's found part, out you could do it. Yes. It was like, oh, my God. Look at this trick I learned. Oh, this my is, God. I got me a hobby. This <laughs> is better than stealing someone's nose. <laughs> Thought I was sinning. Got your nose. Got your nose. <laughs> you got sinning. your nose. Yeah. Oh, Wait, let me just ask. The first time that it happened, like, did you, were you aware? Did you know? All right. That, the first time I ever did that? Like, no, no, the first time you... Yes. So, like, somebody taught you, told you, no. informed no. you? No. No. You no. Just, it was hey, just figured that, it out? That feels good. And and so, if something feels good, you keep doing it. And eventually, it's just like, oh, my God. Well, that's what I mean. That <laughs> felt really good. <laughs> okay. And, and that's how it happened to me, anyway. It, it's like when you start slipping on ice. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah, for, I had it happen me, just one it time was, by accident. I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm doing the great that. I didn't part is I was doing that. Preston, for me, is that uh, the school janitor was able to capture a picture of it. <laughs> dude. <laughs> I was over at his house, and we'd, we'd been doing uh, wine coolers. When do you guys think, uh, as far as age was con- concerned, how old were you guys before you were able to admit it to other? Oh, uh, dude, friends. not until I was a full-on adult, because when I was a kid, it was taboo. It right. was it was almost borderline. You were gay if you did that. There, yeah. were, there were a lot of, which is, and, and being gay course, at that time yeah, yeah. was a completely different, you know, yeah. stigma at that time. We're talking about, you know, 80s and so forth. And it was, for the longest time, considered a, a no-no, a taboo, um, something's wrong with you, which is a terrible thing, I mm-hmm. think. So um, it was, wasn't until I was an adult. Yeah, really. Until people, it was the blind to... thing. It was blind, blind and thing. gay. Yeah, yeah. there were all, there are all kinds of bizarre, you know, uh, ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Of course it is. But you're an imbecilic uh, young guy looking for every possible cheap thrill yeah. you can get. But if you miss the beginning of the story, my wife thought <laughs> I'd locked eyes with her while I was doing it and held a gaze. Uh, anyhow, listen. Thank you for allowing me to share once again a little bit of a personal uh, information and yep. embarrassment. And it really is personal. And also, I think the fact that there was that extra element of um, the eye contact, unbeknownst to you, <laughs> is how creepy that must have looked. It would have been that's something out of a David Lynch movie. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's like out of Blue Velvet. Yeah. You should have had been taking hits of oxygen, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy. I know you're looking at me. Oh, my hey. God. Hey. Why didn't you so, come help me? Beast your eyes. I've no. a great, a great YouTube channel. Not even that. The creepier part would have just been like, stay right there. <laughs> keep watching. Watch. Yeah, don't say anything. <laughs> don't move. Just keep holding that swifter. <laughs> we'll be back in a second. Don't go too far. We are back. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Steven Singer Jewelers has fast, free, and safe shipping. Whether celebrating life or just saying I love you, Steven Singer is there for you. I hate Stevensinger.com.
Steven Singer Jewelers is now offering financing online with interest-free options available for a limited time. Get pre-qualified in seconds. Learn more at IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. It's brought to you by HERS. Pick up a specially marked bag of HERS today for a chance to win $10,000 and take your summer to the next level. Full rules and details at summer.hers.com. HERS forever good. This is a cute story, right? uh, Technology sometimes can bring strangers together. 17-year-old Jamal Hinton lives in Phoenix, Arizona. He told BuzzFeed News recently that he got looped into a group text from an unknown number that detailed Thanksgiving plans that included family members named Amanda and Justin. Huh. Well, Hinton was confused, and he asked who the people in the text were, and the texter identified herself as your grandma. Wow. Well, he asked for a photo to verify and got a photo of a smiling stranger, nobody he had ever met in his life. So Hinton then responded with his own photo and asked if he could still attend the Thanksgiving dinner. Oh. And the texter said, of course you can. That's what grandmothers do. Feed everyone. Wow. Wow, you're closer. Hinton shared the exchange on Twitter, and people are now rooting for Hinton to really go to this Thanksgiving dinner. And I hope that that does happen. I've seen stories like this before where accidentally somebody's left a message somewhere, and there's a number, and they end up... Striking up a friendship well, over you've it. You've had so. the turkey. Now it's time for the stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> You're a crazy bitch. <laughs> but I like you. I think I got that girl fired from Starbucks, remember? Oh, no. That left me a me- the, her boss left a message on my voicemail. And Why do you think you got her fired? <laughs> because she didn't show up. To, she wasn't going to go oh, to work. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah, were yeah. telling her, you come to work, yeah. we will comp your parking or it was like during the septa strike and you mm-hmm. never call I know. her i forgot i never called oh, her I hope the story's didn't. a little elaborate kathy went in and started re- uh, hurling racial things no there was there was a call it was i your meant fault. to call back yeah. and i completely forgot well, call, now, call take yes maybe the girl well maybe they can job? rectify it you're a horrible person i'm yeah. not i'm not I'm you really know what kathy what? i let's make up this narrative um you jump-started her career. You know, she needed this kick in the ass. We do not even know if she's been terminated. You're, you, you are you are doing what they call storytelling. You, you, they might have gotten through to her. They, I don't think you would terminate somebody without verbally. Yeah, I hope not. She could say, I never got the call, and she'd be correct. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to move along. Uh, we won't linger on that horrible story. The way Kathy treats people. <laughs> uh, the maker of China's most popular brand of toilet insists that it is keeping its name. It's called Trump Toilet. Trump Toilet. Yeah, the brand has been around since 2002 and now accounts for 85% of the Chinese market. Uh, And the CEO said if Mr. Trump thinks our trademark violates his rights and interests, he can use legal methods because our company observes China's laws. Uh, To be able to say you took a Trump dump is uh, worth the price alone. Uh, The word uh, Trump actually translates roughly to innovate universally in Chinese. That doesn't make sense either. They're going to hang with it. Uh, let's see here. All right, this is a, a, a bad story, but it, with, with a better outcome than it could have been. In Dublin, Ireland, a five-year-old boy with Down syndrome suffered painful burns after getting trapped in a clothes dryer oh. that wow. started automatically. Riley Gedge Duffy climbed into the dryer at his family's home in Northern Ireland 
Riley's father, Aaron, said that things could have been much worse if it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for the family dog. Riley's mother was vacuuming upstairs and might not have heard the racket until it was too late. But Riley's father said that their cockapoo, Teddy, ran upstairs and basically went berserk. So she knew that something was not right. The dog reportedly ran back and forth to the dryer. And when Riley's mother followed him, she heard banging and crashing and could see his iPad going round and round. Yeah, he's got these terrible burns on his body. Uh, She pulled Riley out of the dryer, poured cold water on him, and took him to the hospital where he was treated for burns and bruising to his head. But he's going to be okay. Uh, and probably he wouldn't have made it if the dog wouldn't have uh, yeah. made all that that ruckus. Well, he saved his life. Why would you? Why would you have a a feature? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. know how a dryer starts unless somebody closes the door, the door, the door and shuts. Yes, and then you have to push the button. Right. I don't know. It's it. it says, why would you put a, a dryer on a timer? Uh, it has. It, yeah, it's got a what? Ireland. <laughs> But anyhow, it starts automatically. We're, dr- we're dry crazy over here. <laughs> we just can't get enough dryness. And so occasionally we'll set our devices to dry while we're not there. We don't understand it. We can't explain it. We just like dry things. Moisture's our enemy. And here we almost took a young child's life with our ungodly desire to have everything dry. When will it end? It just seems stupid. Like, I can understand you have the coffee machine start up when you're not there, but to have your... The drying process has begun. I can do my show now because I know the drying's going on at home. I will not return to moist underwear. Oh, God. Damn it, we're just like it dry. And it's a total curse and a blight on the whole country. Dogged pursuit of dryness. <laughs> oh. okay. All right. Uh, I can probably squeak out one more story here. So uh, let me see. How about this? A noise complaint led to the arrest of seven University of Albany students for hazing. Uh, police said they arrived at an off-campus sorority house and found young women being forced to eat mud and garbage. What? Yeah. Sorority members were also accused of pouring foul-smelling liquids onto one woman. Mm. Uh, don't do that with our sorority. uh, One student who didn't want to be identified said she dropped out because of the pledging process early on because of abuse. They they had verbal abuse, and then she said some of us got stepped on, and they were all wearing heels. Jeez, that's worse than a fraternity. Yeah, seven, (laughs) seven, seven women ages 19 to 21 years old were arrested. Hazing is not only dangerous, it's against the law, the Albany police said. And a spokesperson for the university said the sorority Alpha Omicron Pi. I'm going to kick your ass. Is not recognized and hazing is not tolerated. Mm. What does that mean is not recognized? You can, like, make your own sorority up if you want to? Kind of, yeah. yeah. We did. If you get kicked off. <laughs> oh, my God, that's right. We did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if you get so, yeah. Travis, what the hell? this is crazy. People are so committed to sororities; they make their own organizations. Oh, we, 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 we did that. Yeah, right. we got in trouble for hazing in college. Do tell our our sorority. It was when I was pledging, so it was the older girls. It was not a big deal. It really wasn't, but it was similar to this. Like they put us in a, that brutal. Uh, no, no, no. But they put us in a dark room and they were pouring stuff on us. But it was like. 
whipped cream, shampoo. Like, it wasn't anything that you couldn't, you Pussies. know, it, it wasn't a yeah. big deal. But we got put on probation, and we were threatened to have our sorority kicked off campus because of it. Did they make you take dryer rides? <laughs> no, they didn't. Wow. Bunch of sorority girls with whipped cream all yeah. over them in a dark room. What man wants to think about that? <laughs> Sororities spreading whipped cream all over each other, and it's just horrible. <laughs> We're gonna come back in just a second. Get ready to wrap things up. Be back in just a moment. Ninety-three three WMMR. Everything that rocks. Proudly supports the American Cancer Society Bikeathon. Hey, it's Marcus. Cancer won't stop, and neither will we. Join myself and Team WMMR on Sunday, August 9th for the 48th annual ACS Bikeathon. This year, we're going virtual. The pedal power to finish the ride against cancer may look different, but the mission remains the same. Each Team WMMR rider gets a free team T-shirt. Registration and complete details at WMMR.com, and check out our custom Team WMMR providers, Volet and Go Cycling. Team WMMR and the ACS Bikeathon, virtually unstoppable. The ACS Bikeathon, another way 93.3 WMMR is putting Philly first. Our next guest, you know, is Sergeant Abraham Ford from uh, Walking Dead and, of course, many other things on top of that. Please welcome Mr. Michael Cudledge to the show. Morning, Michael. Morning. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. What's with the beer? <laughs> it's Friday, it's nine, man. Yeah. Nine o'clock in the morning, these guys are drinking beer. Friday. It's the big secret of radio is that... Pumpkin uh, ale. Everyone's like, tanked. This is like getting a, a martini at lunch for us on a Friday, because this is... <laughs> except get, except we're it's done nowhere lunch. near lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for us it is. Hey, you were eating sausage. Don't tell me it's nowhere near good. lunch. good. <laughs> who, who, who brought that food Iron in here? Brewery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right behind us here. Then all around here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you hail from New Jersey. We were just talking about that off air. Yes, haven't been out this way in a while, though. It, it, well, I've been to this. I've been to New York, and I've been back east. I just haven't been back to Jersey. But okay. all your, we were talking that all your family, everybody you know, just just left. Every, pr- pretty much everybody who lived there left. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, nobody lives in Lakewood anymore. How many years in Lakewood? Uh, four, uh, twelve. And then you went out. You went out to California. Yeah. Yeah. The the the. Well, you didn't start in acting, from what I understand. You went. No. You went. You were doing um, like uh, stage props and construction on. I sets. was doing that to pay my way through school, but I was always acting. I never. I mean, oh. having grown up in New Jersey was like nothing you were going to do for a living. It was sort of like, yeah, that's great, kid. Go get a job. <laughs> um, so yeah. I got involved with uh, furniture building and construction, which is what my dad did. Uh, so he taught me his trade and. That's how I made a living um, early on in my career and paid my way through school. I was so. the California Institute of Arts. Is that what you went Cal to? Arts, yeah. And so uh, you, and then you started because I always thought, you know, listen, if you're if for, if you are handy that way, there's a, there's always a need for people who can put together sets and things of that nature, and 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 so that's what you were doing then for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, the first construction, well, second construction coordinator on the original. Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. And then I started acting on it. So I would literally work on a set and everyone would leave and me and my guys would take and throw it back in the truck and take it back to the shop. I'm a huge fan of that original series in a, in a, in a, uh, in a bizarre, perverted kind of way. But the uh, um, you played Tony? Tony Miller. Okay, yeah. I don't I'm trying to remember who that... Did you get the same excitement watching that show as you do shopping? Though? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. I know. Because I, that whole thing's kind of weird to me. It's kind of... We know you have no shopping uh, endorphins released at all. Not in that way. <laughs> Yeah, I, I not think yet. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. You yeah, might yeah. be doing it wrong. Yeah. You know, do you keep I, your I, pants I on? Said, no, no, it's me, not you. 
<laughs> Here's a picture of him, Steve, in uh, 90210. There you go, too. He's, wow. like he's like a young... Sergeant Abraham Ford with yeah. blonde hair. Flat top. Flat top. Yeah. You're and a very Busey-esque. Yeah. I was. Yeah. <laughs> that you know vacant what? stare. <laughs> uh, I loved your part in Gross Point Blank. I, I really enjoyed that movie. I saw that in the theater, and uh, I don't necessarily know if I had to go there for a radio promotion or what the deal was, but I really do love that movie. But. But your part in that movie is great as well. That was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Love, that soundtrack in that film was like the soundtrack Dude. to my childhood. It's awesome. In fact, that's actually what sold a lot of that movie. But this, so these are the, the earlier roles. You, you were 90210. You're also in um, Dragon the Bruce Lee story. Mm-hmm. Right? And, hey, Chinaman. Yeah. Teach us those moves. Wait yeah. a minute. He, you're, you're in that scene? Yeah, he's I'm, one of those. I am that scene. Wait, where, where I'm Bruce it? Lee. <laughs> no, 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 no. Dude, Where's, you are phenomenal. I'm amazing. You looked Asian. You looked Asian. <laughs> Wait, when he was in the uh, going to college and he's yeah, yeah. Uh, training in the. I'm, I'm like, the I'm like, the, I'm like the guy. I'm like the. I represent the man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm everything hateful and deplorable about the United States. <laughs> To Bruce Lee, in to that Bruce film. Lee, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, but good. then he teaches me and he enlightens me, shows you, and, his, and we all become better people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, I, I have to go back and, uh, and I've seen that movie a bunch of times. But you're, you were very forgettable in it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, <laughs> oh, what's the show again? <laughs> what do you guys do? When is this air? Is this, oh. on, this will be on TV later, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, but oh, listen, radio. They still do that. <laughs> We're huge in Lakewood. <laughs> I know. Nobody's there, so I couldn't tell you. I'll, I'll go back and see what's going on. Listen, I got on board uh, with The Walking Dead very, very late. It was it, uh, I didn't start until the sixth season, and I, I watched every day. It, and, in fact, it helped me out. It actually helped me lose some weight because I made it a decision that I, I got it on Netflix, and I'm going to watch. The only time I'm going to watch it is when I'm exercising. So it became my appointment to exercise. I could only exercise when I was watching Walking Dead. I could only watch Walking Dead when I was exercising. It was actually a really cool thing to do. So I became a huge fan of this. I've gotten all the way up to uh, the end of season six. six. And then it stopped on Netflix. It ends. Oh, my God. And then I had to wait. <laughs> Because I couldn't go watch the, the you know, the, the current... I, I had to wait until it came back around. So that just recently... And we kept you protected. We kept you in the nobody dark. Nobody told me anything. And Casey says, listen, before Michael comes in, watch the first episode of season seven. He's a giver. <laughs> he is. I didn't watch it, but I read on my little prep sheet a little little spoiler alert. So I found out today, man. I'm sorry. All right. It's okay. I may, I may or may not come back. By the end of the season. Ah, okay. oh, okay. there's always what. flashbacks, man. And, uh, and no, maybe... last year she's over here going. <gasps> no, end of season seven. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I um for some reason the the final uh, the final scene in uh, the end of season six stuck with me for a long. I thought about it every single day uh, just because it was just it was gripping and you know obviously it was a uh, you, you don't know who's who's on the receiving end of the bat and I just. Uh, I, I don't know why, but every single day, at least once a day, I would just think Negan, bat, head, and Ooh, that's yeah. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And it was it wasn't. And we all thought it was gonna be Maggie. You know, let's beat up the sick pregnant yeah, lady. Yeah, you know, right. Network television. To me, it didn't oh, matter who it was. You know, I just knew that I that somebody that I had cared about for a few years was was gonna be gone, and I had preferred it to be Eugene, but, uh, you know, it was Yeah, me too. <laughs> I was hoping for that. That annoying <laughs> bastard. Turncoat. Well, you, it, were you surprised at how p- profound the reaction was to uh, to that? Because you, you have beloved characters, and your character especially, 
you know, uh, the, the the fan base, you know, for for your character was was definitely uh, um, robust. And and uh, the reaction just it was so intense, it, uh, you know, even people who are, you know, a- extensive TV viewers. I, I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't mm. believe they went to that level. Mm. I mean, even like the, the prosthetic versions of you and all that stuff were, were hard to look at. And I've seen a lot. In my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, But uh, <laughs> did it even throw you for a loop? The reaction, it the reaction. I'm a fan of the show, too. Yeah. So I, I was kind of like a little part of me was pissed off that they. They did us both at the same time, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of brilliant too because it's so brutal, and it and it is that reminder that um, Kirkman always says he wants to re- constantly remind the audience that it's a dangerous world that we're living in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not Star Trek, yeah, or Captain Kirk. Oh, he's in danger, but that's okay because he'll be on next week. Exactly. Um, like exactly. Well, he may actually blow Captain Kirk's head off this mm-hmm. week. Yeah, and that changes the whole viewing experience. Mm-hmm. It it does, and. I would argue that these two deaths were not actually any more violent than anything we've seen on the show, but you you don't care about any of those other characters. That That's a good care point. About these characters because other other characters have been ripped apart. Oh, and Noah yeah. got it nailed in the in the yeah. revolving door up against the glass, getting ripped apart. We've right. had people hold, literally holding their guts, going, <laughs> "What? I don't. Oh, jeez." <laughs> I mean, there's been some really nasty, awesome visual stuff. But when, it's that that old saying that you know, it's it, like for I can watch movies where um, you know, cowboy movies where they're they're getting blasted right left, and I see the horse apparently get hurt, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so exactly. It, it's the way you put it in the context. But the way, yeah, you're, yeah, you're exactly right with that. I I carried in. Uh, I was a fan of yours on that uh, the show Southland. Oh, thank you. Uh, which was a phenomenal uh, show with uh, you had Ben McKenzie was your uh, a mm-hmm. partner and uh, uh, Regina King. Yep. Uh, just a great show. I even oh, have my see. my uh, promotional uh, jacket for that that I wear proudly. So as I, I I brought that context with your character into it, and uh, it, but these these characters, I, I want to ask you how much does the Talking Dead series um, add to the fandom of this show because it's. It's, I don't ever remember something like that that is so inextricable from the source material itself working like this. You know, that so you have a show and then you have a show that discusses the show right after the Which, show. And the show that discusses the show is one of the higher rated shows on cable television. Yes, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's huge. That has had to figure prominently into the the, the cult of Walking Dead. Yes. Well, I, I think what it does is. The show is a very emotional show. You, you you get very connected to the characters, and and horrible things happen to them. Uh, and then you're left home alone with yeah, that. And yeah. this is is a way to, I think, share what you're feeling to to sort of know you're not alone. <laughs> um, and you know, Chris has described it as the the warm hug after the show. And uh-huh. and you know, we we laugh at that, but. I, I think it is. You know, it's it's it, you get to process the the show. You get to hear what other people thought about it. If you yeah. were, you know, you know, I, maybe you think, well, I think he or she is feeling this, or they're going through that, and then you hear people talk about it, and you get to sort of bounce your ideas off their ideas. Um, so it is it is an extension in a way of the 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 sort of the social media of it all, and um, that I think we like. I mean, we yeah. like that interaction. We like you know knowing knowing we're right or wrong or or you know being not not necessarily corrected, but sort of like what happened there. And if somebody talks about it, and that is what happened there, you it's, know, it's brilliant. It's, it's yeah. great. Yeah, it makes so. for more compelling television too. And and you were uh, had a brief run on on Lost as well. And, and to me, it's um, 
interesting. I had too. a very significant run. On I know. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't in every season, I should say. And uh, but that was the first show that I started watching religiously, where they just were not afraid to kill off a character, and it could be yeah. a main character, it could be anybody, and you, you tune in that week because you don't know if that guy's going to be on mm-hmm. the following week. And The Walking Dead uh, makes um, we does actually that as well. started, uh, you know, like a, a Talking Dead type of deal with Lost. Uh, we had, we every oh, yeah. day uh, every. Morning after Lost, we would have a, a discussion on the air about it. Uh, and, you know, good 20-minute to a half-hour discussion. And that dynamic has changed now because in, in, in a day and age of delayed, you know, viewing where people are watching it, you know, and they're tailoring it to their own schedules of the DVRs or whether they're Hulu or whatever – you can't. can't. Do that anymore. So, so the the spoiler alert blast zone goes out for weeks. I mean, even yeah. now, there's still some people who are not quite sure what happens to your character. I know. Well, yes, yeah. and that's the thing where it's where does that line drawn? Where oh, you can't talk about that. Yeah, like, bro. It's like, come on, dude. It's been a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, get to, we get to talk about it. Abraham's dead. 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 <laughs> yeah, if you're listening in your car and you're driving your kids to school, Abraham is dead. Uh, <laughs> not only Abraham is dead, then they kill Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and that was You're right. There needs too. to be there needs to be a uh, an expiration date. Oh, like a come you to Jesus what? moment. Yeah. Uh, there, there should, in fact, there should be like in the Hunger Games uh, an announcement across on some universal PA system. Yeah. Okay, now we can talk about exactly. it. who You're... shot Jr. <laughs> exactly. I think um, for for me, it, I I got to the uh, to the game a season late. Um, it might have been two seasons late, and for me, it was because I didn't want to watch a zombie show. And mm-hmm. then I realized Me too. that this is not, it's not a horror show. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it until I was probably about halfway through the first episode, maybe the second episode, because I, I kind of watch horror movies with my hands over my eyes. And I, I, I realized that I didn't have to do that. And then I realized that, that the zombies are, are a background almost like the trees are, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, and, and it was really all about the relationships between these people and, you know, what, that type of what, situation would what people, do to a person. Yeah, turn into when there's mm-hmm. a overwhelming crisis, you know? Well, it's like well, if you had a chance to rebuild society, what would you do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if a you feudal had a, society? You or, had a, well, yeah, and, know, yeah, and how would it fail? What, what what are the same mistakes you would make, you right. know, even though you, you think, well, oh, this time we'll do it different? Uh, you know, and you see through the show, you know, that, that absolute power does corrupt, absolutely. Um, and and you see people change, and you see people make mistakes. You know, it's it's the it's the show is very human. The original father of, of what we call contemporary zombie movies, George Romero. That's the whole. That was the whole purpose. Night of the Living Dead was more an expose of how the people react mm-hmm. with this environmental issue, which are these zombies. And and now the series, and you were part of the series when it became. The most about that, how how people will turn on each other and how people will rise to the occasion and support each other. And I think that's why this show is is so um, uh, is so uh, inviting and transcend it transcends that whole issue. So that's why so many people who are not classically horror fans love it. You know, I want to ask you about the Band of Brothers. Uh, it came out like 16 or 17 years ago. And I, mm-hmm. uh, I went to a theatrical uh, premiere of it um, here in Philadelphia. It was right after September 11, 2001 happened that the the. Um, Premiere was, and uh, we watched the first two episodes in a, in a theater. I remember getting emotional about this story that was six or seven years old at that time. And, and for you, this happened a long time ago in your acting career. But I think it still has real emotional weight and impact. Um, what was your experience like on on that miniseries? Uh, that that the this is where I get speechless and goofy. Um, that particular project changed my life. Mm-hmm. That, that that project changed or affected greatly everyone's life who took part in it. 
uh, and coming back to Philly, where the ha- the home of uh, Babe Heffron and Bill Garnier. Yeah, B- Bill uh, was at the premiere that I yeah, went to. Yeah, yeah I I may have been there okay. actually as well because it was right before nine uh, eleven. I remember that we 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 shot the the show. We'll get get back to that in a second. But when when we premiered, <clears throat> um, came out on the ninth. Okay. Uh, and premiered, and then a day, a day or two, no, tenth, and then the morning after, nine eleven happened. Amazing! And all of the the advertising for the show was completely stripped from public because mm-hmm. HBO was like, we don't know, like what that, like we we don't know what this has never happened. We don't yeah. know what's the proper response. So take it all down. Nobody wants to see war images. Nobody wants to see because a lot of our images were guys carrying other guys and yeah. people fighting. You know, yeah. so they stripped everything. Yeah. And then the then the the decision was, do we continue airing the show? And they said, well, it's already slated to air, so let's just see what comes out of this, out of continuing to air it. And what we found that were, instead of people being sort of pushed away by it, they were finding comfort in uh, the fact of the stories of you know, in the past, how we took care of evil. And that's, in a sense, basically, you know, World War II. World War II is kind of one of those one of those situations where pretty much everyone agrees, everybody fought the bad guy. Yeah. And so there there is a coming together in that. There's no, you know, when when everyone came home, they were sort of like, you did a great job. Don't even think about it. We're going to give you, you know, VA loans. We're going to put you through school. We're going to do, you know, it's, it's great. So what that did though was that buried a lot of stuff. And so the the men and women that were that were uh, that actually lived that didn't really get to process it in a way that, that people do now. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's good. It's just, my my it's father's the way it is. a World War II veteran, still alive, and he loves that series. And he probably uh, talks about all kinds of stuff after he, he saw it the first time. He, he does, yeah, and it, and it, and it, it rang true, and it's... Uh, it, it's um, it's an amazing thing, and that was basic. That was your first big, big role, and then it had also the gravitas of just its timing and everything. Uh, and uh, you know, it, uh, it, it's just such an, an important work, and there were so many great actors involved with that. And yeah. it was Spielberg was the was Spielberg mm-hmm. and Tom Hanks, right? Both, or, yeah, yep. uh, were, were involved with that. Do you when you're doing something like that? So okay, with The Walking Dead, you're out in in Atlanta or wherever. Uh, with this, you're on you're on set. Can you feel something starting to be something more uh, in a project? Can you be in that and sense it? Yeah. When when we first started uh, Band of Brothers, we were sent we were all sent the scripts and were auditioning for it. And at the time, <clears throat> it was a Steven Spielberg Tom Hanks project, so yeah. we, wanted, we wanted to be part of it. We uh, at the time we didn't even we didn't know the man. We didn't, we could care less. This right. was going to be this is going to be awesome because these guys were producing it. Um. Uh, once we got hired and brought on the project and we got sent source material and here's an interview with this guy, here's an interview with this guy, oh, here's the phone number of, you know, Denver, the gentleman I played, uh, Denver's best friend. This guy came in and, he, they you know, they, they were with each other for four years. Uh, further down the line, Denver knows you're doing the project. Yeah. Further down the line, Mr. Randleman would like to talk to you. Wow. And you sort of, you're sort of like, holy crap, this yeah. is... This is way. This is way more important than oh, I'm doing a Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg project. This is way more important than uh, you know. This will be a great acting gig. This is this guy and his family and everything that that represents. And you are being handed the responsibility of portraying that accurately and uh, and responsibly. And over the year, the, the more that we worked on the project, the more we talked to these guys and their families, the more they opened up to us. The more we we realized, you know, what 
how important it was and, and what our job was becoming, which was no longer about us at all. It was completely about them. There's a quiet dignity. Uh, my, my dad, like casually, uh, it was just a, year, a few years ago, parsed out some information. We're driving along, and he was there was a guy next to him who... They had stopped a roadside, um, and they they all like had their their packs on, their heavy packs on. And he's like, oh, and just leaned back with his with his arms out. And there was a landmine that he went right on, next to near my dad, and shrapnel. He had shrapnel in his leg, and the whole thing. The guy actually was saved by the, the how big the freaking packs were that he was wearing. But like, holy crap! You yeah. never told me dad. about that, yeah. Dad. Yeah. 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 No, they all they all pretty much had. Um, uh, purple hearts. That was kind of like yeah, yeah. Was like if you didn't have a purple heart. Like, like did you not get out of the truck? Right, right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Did you stay home? Yeah, like, right. And and it didn't, you know, and it didn't send them home because yeah. all they wanted to do was, and we we all we've we've heard this, but to hear it from from the men, um, you know, uh, they all suffered major injuries and and did not want to go home. Yeah, it, it took a lot to pull one of the guys out of the unit. They saved the world. Yeah, Band of Brothers. If you have not seen it, uh, you can go back and and get that and watch it. It's it's definitely it's amazing. It's worth seeing. If you're just tuning in, it's Michael Cutlets who is here with us, uh, and the Walker Stalker Con. A lot of cast members are going to be. Yes, who's the best to hang with? Is it we? we I would guess Michael Rooker. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Michael's guess. Michael's awesome. Yeah. God, he's a true. Um, everyone is is uh, everyone's different, and everyone's really cool. It, yeah, it, it, it is one of those weird situations because there's a lot of. Jerk offs in yeah. my business, um, yeah. and and they're not in this cast. Uh, you know, we 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 work out in Atlanta, uh, away from our families. Most of us, there's only two or three cast members that actually are are from Atlanta, and um, so we're we're all we have out there. Uh, you know, and the stories are told in such a way where where we work as a group, and then we work individually, and everyone has their sort of moments of individuality and character building and. That's awesome, and then we come together as a group, and we see how that group dynamic works, and and just the writing is really solid, and and that helps foster a great relationship between the cast members. Well, yeah. it's got to be great. That, I mean, but we, Josh McDermott is a just a jackass, <laughs> total, total jackass. Um, uh, That's the one, that. Eugene. Just yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Besides a, him, I was oh, going to say we're we're lucky yeah. that we work in a in a place yeah. where everybody is awesome. There's no jerks here, and. And it's if just, Josh McDermott was uh, working here, he'd be the jerk. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just putting that out there, Josh. Right, if you're listening, because okay. <laughs> he used to work in radio. So. Oh, did he? Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sniveling kind of guy. <laughs> just, you know, we can't discuss it right now. I understood. <laughs> Let's talk about the Bisquick Challenge. What is that? Yeah. Uh, the Bisquick Challenge. For those of you who watch the show, The Walking Dead. Um, there was a line with myself and, and Glenn or Abraham and Glenn where, where, uh, Abraham asked him, uh, when he was mixing the Bisquick, was he planning on making pancakes? Uh, referring to Maggie being with child. Yeah. And, uh, somebody wrote on Twitter, they're like, oh, dude, you know, one of the things that happens on the show is that if, you know, Carl eats pudding, people bring him pudding. Uh, <laughs> you know, somebody, I mentioned cigars, people bring me cigars. It's it's really sweet. It's awesome. Yeah. And somebody wrote and they go, dude, you're going to get so much bisquick. <laughs> and I was literally like, oh, that is so not good. <laughs> that I can't, I can't travel with, how do I, how do I bring it back? Right, the, right. You're right. Yeah. They are. So I, yeah. I initially, my initial reaction inside was, nope, ain't going to happen. And then I thought, well, what if you what if you kind of lean into that and go, yeah, and sort of throw it back at everybody and retweet that tweet and say, hey, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna challenge you guys. 
uh, how much Bisquick can you bring? Yeah. And then we're going to give it to a local food bank. Good man. That's what I was hoping to hear. So what happened was is uh, General Mills got... um, Got a whiff of it, and they were like, "You know what? We'll help you out, and we'll we'll give you a you know a couple hundred boxes for each convention." Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that was, and they since quit on that. Um, General Mills Bisquick, <laughs> you're no longer participating with us anymore. And I know I said I'd be kind and all to you, but I'm just going to leave that out there. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do it anymore. Um, I'm sure they have great reasons. <laughs> And they can explain those reasons. <laughs> so, but I'm, all I know is I love General Mills, and they were they were really awesome to us for about a year, and that's stopped. Well, we got to start. Um, I think I know what so you're saying. We're, no, I'm not really sure what I'm saying either. <laughs> I um, think they, they this become... is one of those moments where you look back and you go, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> well, can I ask you, because um, you said uh, people would bring you cigars, and, and Abraham was a big cigar smoker. I wasn't sure if you brought to that, that to the character they, or if the character brought that to you. Yeah, I smoked. I, 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 the first time I ever smoked at all was in Band of Brothers, and we'll get back to the Biscuit Challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I ever smoked in General Mills um, was in Band of Brothers. I smoked, and then I... I didn't smoke for six years after that. And then I, I picked up cigars again and did it casually, something I enjoy, a nice cigar, a nice bourbon. It's my thing. And then they threw it in the show, and I was kind of like, no, that's my, like, no. <laughs> but then I read the scene, and what we were doing, we were sitting on the back of a Humvee, and I was sort of like, you know, you know what? I'm going to turn this into a, an homage to Band of Brothers moment for Bull, because Bull smoked, and one of the last images of Bull after he got injured in episode four uh, is him sitting on the back of the Humvee and nodding to Winter. So they don't even know it, but I sort of recreated mm. Bull's... Im- the image and they and and ultimately it's shot it's 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 almost the same shot so i just said you know what it it, it makes sense for his character yeah even though it's it's something that's from me and that so i was all right with that because uh, last week i had uh listen there's a bunch of cigar places around here i know you're you're staying in the city but uh, last week my cousin and i uh had a cigar on the art museum steps and it was just wonderful. So if you're yeah. looking for something to do tonight and you've got a little bit of time you know, by yourself or with somebody, uh, just sitting on the Art Museum steps, it's going to be a beautiful night tonight. That would be a cool thing for you to do. Maybe, maybe I'll be there. Yeah. I think you're being asked out on a date. I am not. No, I, will, yeah, I, will I not think you were just weird. asked out. Maybe I'll be there. Maybe I'll be at the Ashton Cigar. Or you could buy one at the Joint. Ashton Cigar Bar. Yeah. yeah. And wander then, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Biscuit Challenge? Biscuit Challenge. Back to Biscuit Challenge. So, what we did was, <clears throat> after, no. Um, <laughs> but General Mills, though, right? Kathy's yeah. like, oh, here we here go we again. Go again. <laughs> Sometimes I like to shop <laughs> for Biscuit. I get um, off. So, I get off on pancakes. Exactly. So, what we did was we, we basically now have turned it into um, a food drive. And every city we go into, we find, um, actually, Walker's Talk has been a great partner in this. Um we or they, depending upon what city we're in, uh, find a uh, food bank that is basically a feeder food bank. It's like one of the, typically the largest food bank in the city that has the highest uh, uh, rating on Charity Navigator. And they usually are uh, a, f- a food bank that gives to other smaller food banks. So we, we have this situation here. We actually run uh, this station. Uh, we've been doing it for almost decades now. Uh, it's the, the uh, Preston Seaf Camp Out for Hunger. And last year was how many? A million... Million pounds of food. over a million over pounds a million pounds of food for fill abundance, which is this exact type of organization of which you speak, where it is yeah. serves as a as a repository for other 
uh, food charities that come and, and draw off of it. So uh, we're big fans of this notion. So, so yeah, can, no, it's can, great, and it's not just Bisquick. It, it, we realize that people cannot live on Bisquick alone. <laughs> <clears throat> Even though General Mills would love if you did, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, any any non perishables, typical your typical sort of you know uh, food bank rules. Yeah, all, oh. you know any non perishable foods can be dropped off at at my table at the convention. Um, uh, Lawrence does a, a, a barbecue um, where he he takes barbecue items because they <laughs> ate him, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's all done tongue in cheek, but for for a great. Uh, you know, a great cause. That's well, also so you're keeping count of uh, of the city that donates the most, and currently uh, London is in first place at like seventeen hundred pounds donated. So I know we can beat the piss out of that. Yeah, yeah we, we can. can. I feel, yeah, was it London? I feel like we had a really crazy surprise in one of the cities. Yeah, like Chicago's in second right now. Is it? Well, is you're it? looking at the thing. You're looking at the Googles. Yeah, it might. This might be from last year, but uh, yeah, well, Atlanta. Right. Atlanta's pretty huge too, but Atlanta is a, Atlanta has a little bit of a of a advantage because it's a three day event. Oh, so there's, okay. they get a, they get a full extra day. Yeah. Well, bring your business. Darn it, we get to feed more people. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. We're gonna have Sons to fix of that. Yeah. Bastards, Michael. I wanted to ask us. I know you've uh, you've voiced uh, some characters in uh, Call of Duty. They have a new World War II game coming out. Uh, Steve and I are massive fans of the World War II. I know they they've spanned all kinds of different campaigns and so forth. But my favorites have been the one in the World War II. Did you voice any in that? Noth- particular nothing game? recent. I've okay. been out of town for the last four. Okay. You did Modern Warfare, which was one of, I think, one of the greatest games. And, you know, it's speaking to, obviously, Band of Brothers and all that stuff. You know, <laughs> there's no way we can understand what, what people who've done that. And, and I'm not even going to remotely say that playing a video game gets you anywhere near that. But when you're sitting there sweating, um, you know, and, and nervous and trembling playing a stupid little a game. video game, mm-hmm. and you can realize that somewhere on this planet right now there are people actively real, doing it for real, it does help a little bit with the appreciation of it. Absolutely. You know? yeah, yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. I've, I've never served. Um, I've never been to battle. I feel through what I have done and through talking to the men that I've spoken to yeah. that I have the smallest inkling of an idea that I truly have no f***ing idea. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. that just put an exclamation yeah, on the I point like you're that. trying yeah, to make. Yeah. I understand you have no freaking idea. No freaking idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true, though. But uh, do you, God. Is voice sorry. acting? I got it. It's all right. Between the, G, the, the General Mills and this, we're, we're okay. Um, is, is voice acting for a video game a much different uh animal is yeah. it, is it I, we always hear it's sort of weird because you're kind of just freelining it and yeah. that's you're, it you're like basically this this is a, a session of voice I'll, I'll back up to make sure i don't blow your mic <laughs> no no, um, no you're good but, but this is like what what you go through except you do it for two and a half hours reload <laughs> reload <laughs> Over here, over there, mm-hmm. under there, <laughs> under here, behind the tank, behind the jeep, for two days. <laughs> two days. Two days of that. Yeah, and that's like st- I wish I was kidding. Yeah. I wish I was kidding. <laughs> so, but the cutscenes, at least, you have a little bit of yeah. reload. Can't use that one. <laughs> reload. Really? That's great. Yeah. What? No, it wasn't great. <laughs> they were all the same. Uh, well, they were a lot of fun ga- yeah. playing those well, games. So, well it's done. Boring doing them. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, Michael, it's great to meet you, man. Thanks Thank for you. coming in. You can go to generalmills.com, ask them what's the deal. Yep. Uh, they'd love to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can help. Any, anything we need to send to Josh McDermott, too, while we're at it? Or? Uh, nah, he doesn't okay. need nothing. He's got a job. I'm the one who's unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> Great to have you here. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Michael Cullen's guys. Yeah. 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 Walking Dead, 93.3 WMMR. We shall return in just a moment, my friend. MMR's Saturday Night Concert Series, an hour-long concert made up of the best live performances ever captured. MMR rocks. The Rolling Stones in concert Saturday night at 7. jonesing for live music and this should help so hit the backyard get the tailgate started and crank up mmr night this summer at seven it's mmr saturday night concert series sponsored by acme markets official supermarket of the preston and steve show this week the rolling stones 93.3 wmmr everything that rocks we had seen a uh, video um not that long ago, uh, about something that I was I was vaguely aware of. I didn't know that it was becoming more and more popular. Uh, but apparently, it's it's a thing called splashing. Splashing. And this was initially through Bumpus and Par, which is a company that creates food art uh, using gelatin desserts. And mm-hmm. apparently, they were contacted uh, by people who were into this thing called splashing. And they asked them if they did splashing photos. Well, the people at Bombas and Par didn't know what the hell that was. They looked it up, and they found out apparently it was uh, people who, not just cakes, but apparently it's food on skin. Jello. Yeah. Uh, gravy. Well, pretty, syrup. Yeah, pretty much everything. Anything. And, in fact, the Urban Dictionary uh, defines splashing as the act of placing food on another person and usually eating it off of them for pleasure. Uh, a full-bodied food fetish commonly used in... Um, uh, present part of, participle from form splashing can also be used as a noun splosh. Okay. To give an to give an example, uh, one of my friends is a chef and has some interesting kinks. She loves to have parties where she gets to splosh her lovers with her own culinary creations. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Have you guys ever done the uh, whipped cream thing? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It On myself, do, it doesn't do much for me. No, yeah. I mean I love whipped cream. I do too. Uh, but no, it's it's never really been a thing for me. Is there any at, at any any level at all any food any any food fetish anything of that? I, I, I it's a completely alien concept to me. I think food and sex should be completely separate. separate. Yeah, yeah, so do I. But you know, there's a there's a movie from years ago, Tom Jones, not about the singer Tom Jones, but there is a a food well, a nine and a half weeks has a scene outside of a, a you know a refrigerator, Mickey Rourke, yeah, yeah, right? right. So that's a, that is a. That's like splashing. That's yeah. a, a splash scene. I remember one time we were working at uh, at Y100 and uh, we were having lunch or something like that, and, and Dan Fine was there and was eating, and I pulled up some porn on a <laughs> laptop. He almost vomited. Yeah. Like, it re- he reacted that bad. So I'm like, dude, it ain't that bad. Right, right, right. But he he would be very anti-mixing food with uh, with any sort of uh, sexual activity. And then you have Costanza, who um, yeah. gets a ham sandwich in his... Uh... Well, he thought... Marry the best of both worlds. Yeah. I love to eat. I love sex. Let's put them together. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, and maybe that's what people who are into see this as. And we want to experience that world. We there Over the course of the years, we realize there is a very healthy fetish culture here sure. in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. And we're, we're on the outside looking in. Yep, mm-hmm. we are. Absolutely. Um, so, to get this ready, do we actually... 
Is there a song that we have? Yeah, it's more about cake farts, but whatever. Oh, cake okay. farts yeah. is a subsect yes. of... So oh. you, Splashing, mm-hmm. the sect that we're focusing in, or the subsect, is cake sitting today of the Splash universe. And then from the cake sitting, one derives another subsect, cake farts. Yeah. Okay. I probably, in hindsight, probably should have done a riff on uh, For Those About the Rock. Well, And For Those About the Splash, I should have done. But I, I went in a different direction. Let him hear yes. it. Let Preston hear it. I think he'll enjoy it. Yeah, I've not heard this yet. All right, All right so here we go. Yeah. That's okay. It's you told me worst. it was horrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. <laughs> My kids didn't laugh, and that's like, they find everything funny, especially, especially farts. Especially farts. <laughs> well, they don't remember the song. I, I got a smile out of it. Right, it's, not it. To, it's not meant to make you laugh. It's meant to give you a warm yeah, feeling. Right. Exactly. All right. The, so, the heat of a fart. So we have in our studio, <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, I'll do what I can to describe what we have going on here this morning. There was concern as to whether or not I would actually have the ability to describe I think you can do it. I have faith in you. I realize you can't see what's going on, so I will do my best to have this appear in your mind. Uh, But anyhow, we actually, if if you would like to see it online, are we streaming this online? No, we should be, yes. Everything, heads are being nodded, and uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. There's no full-on nudity uh, taking place. No, that comes in the after show. Yeah, the the naughty parts are going to be covered. So we want to welcome to our studio, we have uh, the lovely Melissa from our Totally Office calendar. Hello, Melissa. Yeah. Hello. How good are morning. you? Good. good. Excellent. Wow, you sound all ready to go for this. <laughs> I am. By the way, massive kudos. You showed up early. You showed up. We had two other girls <sighs> who were supposed to show up, but apparently their parents didn't wake them up. The <laughs> yes, She's that, also working on like true. one uh, hour sleep, too. Yeah, so she showed up, which is great. Now, Casey, it's, we had other people. We said no, so we passed on them because we had these other girls that were supposed to show up, mm-hmm. and they passed they, they uh, well, mom didn't wake him up. So uh, now, but we, it's okay. We're fine. We well, we we commend you for showing. You know up what? I, I got a nice te- uh, text from Melissa earlier this week. She's like, "Hey, I, I want to do more stuff with you guys." Well, we uh, want which is that. awesome. And and we she, have I mean, cakes to sit. She's in. great. She's awesome at calendar raids. I, I've done a few with her over the years. But uh, I was like, um, I have an idea where you could get a little more involved with us, <laughs> involving you sitting on a cake. And she was she was a good sport about it. Well, we forgot the equation uh, that uh, one out of three hot girls show up. Right. Yeah. And that's it. So anyhow, uh, we we got our favorite one. Melissa there we go. Here. And so we also have, we took a call. We were, we were getting calls from uh, people and trying to figure out who was kind of into this type of thing. And uh, lo and behold, Listener Carson got yeah. it. So, good morning. Good Carson morning. Wentz is here this morning <laughs> in our studio. No, where are you from, Carson? Uh, Kenneth Square, Pennsylvania. Okay, so Kenneth Square. Here, about All right. An hour. Yep. Cool, man. Um, and so actually someone else alerted you. To the fact that we were talking about what we were talking about. That's correct. I received a call from a coworker at another location that was listening, and yeah. uh, they just pretty much said, call right in right now. They knew you were the guy. I hung up, called right in. Ne- 
always been busy. Every time I've ever called you guys, yeah. and it was first ring they picked now, up. To that's because nobody else is into this. Nobody's but into. You. But it, now we understand that there is, uh, you know, this is, and it's not the kind of thing you're quick to pick up a phone and admit that you're into. Not that you're into this. You're a fan of the cake fart. Well, I, as you described, uh, like there is the fetish of uh, splashing, which I've never even heard of until the yeah. other day. I saw the cake farts video years ago, and it was the biggest joke. I thought it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. So okay. that's it why is. I t- tell everybody. That's why they knew I would. Like so you it. you want you want you want to dip your toe in the water, so to speak. But I did Google cake farts the night that I called in, and uh, the first link is like a Pornhub link. So now I feel really perverted. So. <laughs> By the way, in preparation for this, Casey and I went back and, and revisited the uh, the cake farts, and we were. Laughing our ass. Let me tell you something. She's ripping them too. It's not like Like over and over. I don't care if you what where you stand on that or gas gaseous humor. You will laugh if you if you. Now, mind you, there's a there are viewers that are laughing when they watch this stuff, and there are others that are getting worked up. Yes, and that, therein lies the beauty of the human experience. Yeah, and there are other people that are absolutely disgusted by it yes. as well. So, right. Uh, yeah, but by it, the way, the, the girl in the cake fart video—it looks like she can make herself fart. Can you guys do that? If I try too hard, something else might happen. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but we'll just have you on a chocolate cake. Yeah, I yeah. did shotgun the fudge. So, okay. <laughs> All right. dear God. All right, so do we want to try this? Yes. I think we do. Okay. Um, so, who would like to go first? Uh, Melissa, point. Point. Melissa, Carson pointed to Melissa. All right, Melissa has raised both yeah. hands. All right, all right. So, Melissa, by the way, let me ask you about you and your relationship with uh, with cake. Given your druthers, uh, what would be like the first type of cake that you would go to presented to eat, not to sit on with your bare ass? Uh, what's your favorite kind of cake? Well, I like fruit tarts. I'm not fruit really tarts. big into cake. Okay, okay, but so I don't feel as bad sitting on it. Okay. All right. So, so there's there's no actual cake that you're you know not like a like a German chocolate cake or something like that. Not really. All right. So, but you've seen the the, the array of cakes we have here. Yeah. Very much so. Okay. All right. So you know what? Even though she's into the uh, the the fruit tarts, I think we need to start on the simple side. Okay. Okay. And then we'll we'll move on to the messier stuff. So let's get the sheet cake. Okay. All right, and we will set that down with the uh, the birthday cake. Uh, yes. Birthday balloons. Correct. Okay. It is. It's actually a classic rectangular sheet cake. Featuring a white icy plateau, pink Ooh. fringe, and yellow and pink birthday balloons to lift your taste buds away. All right, it's it's uh, lovely. Nick uh, is placing it over there. He is going around with the microphone. We're going to catch every second of this. Listen, from what I understand, a uh, a part of this is also the sound that is created right. uh, when one sits on a cake. Now, I don't know how much audio we're going to get out of this, but Nick is going to be over there uh, with a microphone and to describe... Uh, what is going on here? Uh, Melissa is wearing a uh, gray tank top. Uh, she has some beautiful uh, white under, or I'm sorry, yellow uh, underwear, a thong. Yes, and uh, she looks all set to go, and that's that's all she's wearing right now. Yeah, it's a raised a, a raised platform. Nick is standing to the side of it with our actual coffee table from the green room. Yeah, uh, but it actually looks nice and suitable for this. It's at the right height. Go ahead, Nick. Steve, I believe this would be the proper table for splashing. I, th- I think it would be because it provides enough sitting room with enough uh, ability. Now, part of the splash, part of the seating 
movement mm -hmm. involves working it a little bit. And, and you're you're up to speed on that, Melissa, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, I, and you guys aren't aware of this, but I'm the one who actually purchased the table. Uh, I got it from a nice furniture store, and it's actually an iron splashing table. It is, is, is an iron, an old, an old <laughs> yes. farm splashing table. <laughs> who would have seen that yeah. coming? Right. Specialized. Yeah. Years down the road. All right, so is that uh, cake close enough to the edge there for yeah, Melissa? I believe okay. so, Preston, and uh, I, I'm... I'm a little nervous. I don't know if you guys are nervous. Melissa, are you, are you nervous at all? Just, I don't want to miss it. All right. No, oh, you'll be fine. Okay. Yeah, we have to ask you, do you have any food allergies? No. <laughs> <laughs> We're medically safe around just, here. We just want to make sure you're not allergic to anything in the icing. All right, so... Uh, Nick, have her, uh, you know. Let's have you turn around. So Nick is going to hold the microphone down close. I'm going to bring the music all the way down. She's going to have a seat. We'll see if we can hear it. I don't think we will be able to, but we're going to get her reaction as well and find out what she is exactly feeling. Now, she clearly is, you're in you're wonderful shape. I think you have the, the, the right tone for this. She's She does. All right. Bring it on down. Hold on, Case. All right. Here we go. Our first splosh. Could you guys hear that? I heard that. <laughs> That was actually wow! It sounded kind of like a silent fart, to tell you the it truth. Sort of deep. A little there, bit of air escaping. Yes, it was clearly from the cake, not from Melissa. No, uh, no. So she is she is seated firmly all the way down onto the sheet cake. She is now wiggling wow. a little bit. And and Nick, let's get uh, let's get Melissa's uh, reaction to that. Melissa, it's cold. Is it cold? Smushy. Okay. Is it now? You obviously have the protective thong, which I think is a, is a wise move because protective. You, yes, um, <laughs> it's made of Kevlar. Yeah. So so, uh, but uh, do you find this in in any way arousing? No. No. Okay. Okay. But right. wait a minute, um, Melissa. How does it taste? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's actually going to taste some. I thought you could tell just from her ass. Super sweet. Oh, super, super sweet. sweet. Okay. All right. Could you feel the individual balloons hitting your ass cheeks? No. Yeah. Let me ask you. Any anybody in the room? How did you feel about that? Since this is a um, fetish. All right. Jeez, of course. She has a great hiney. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I have a feeling our reaction will not be the same to Carson. No, probably not. Probably not. Right, I don't know. What? But let's. We're, we're only done with part of the process. The other part is standing up. All right. I so, want to hear it. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'll bring the. Yeah. Mic. She's going to go up nice and slow. Bring the music down. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot of audio. Wow. I heard that. But okay, uh, and let's see the residual. Uh, let's see how that looks, by the way. Turn that is actually a cool little pattern on her butt. Cool. No, that is actually very cool. Hey, Nick, could you eat that little piece that's kind of hanging <laughs> That's dangling there? Yeah. We have a bit of frosting that's hold, dangling. Hold up the cake and let's see if that's actually wow. like a uh, an imprint. Oh, man, we should ever now sit on a canvas because that would be, <laughs> and then, that would be a little painting. Wow. And, and we are now looking at the cake. There is a clear imprint. It's not unlike when you, when you sit down in the snow. And uh, there's a butt print. It's an ass angel. Yeah. Yeah, but All there's, right. there's like a spot where each cheek was. The uh, bo the balloon pattern is still there. I mean, you can see what the balloons were like on the uh, original cake. And now that the uh, splashing has taken place, the balloons are still available. I, I think, Melissa, you are a natural with this. You, the integrity of the cake remained intact, even though it was splashed properly. Oh. Marissa brought over some paper, and uh, now Melissa's going to sit on it and put an imprint. Oh, cool. So we will have a little piece of artwork. So Maybe go ahead. we'll donate this for Make-A-Wish. All right, and she's down. She's wriggling a little bit, and come on back up. The, you're going to need to hold the paper, Nick. Okay. The paper came up with it. Wow! Look at that! It's like silly, it's like silly party. It's art. <laughs> That's 
beautiful. We made art. Okay. We're taking this to a whole new level. Set that aside. Clean up the table. Thank you, Melissa, for yeah, the nice first job. round of splashing. And then you speak about the art level, Preston. Do we have the audio of the, the British woman explaining yes. the artistic Actually, level? Actually, we do. And we'll listen to that while she is uh, cleaning up, and then we're getting uh, Carson ready to go. So this is, yes, an actual clip. Here we go. The intimacy of publicly submitting one's ass to art. Inversion for subversion. Eating at the end we fart. Tactile triumphs taste. Dirty secrets got grace. Inversion to subversion. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah, so, uh, no, nah, that did nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> not a damn thing, I'll tell you huh? what, the art was really cool. I'm not turned on by the art, but... I'm trying to figure out a way to preserve that. Like, can we spray it down with something and then frame We'll it? find out. Yeah. If anyone is into uh, cake and ass art, please contact us about the best way to preserve such a picture. We can at least take a, we can take a photo of it. Yes. And, there and you go. print that up. That's Boom. Okay. And that'll be our, our piece of artwork. So. All, right. All right. So next we have, uh, well, let's find out what Carson is into. Carson, come over here. We're going to have a male uh, sit on uh, the next cake. And uh, Carson, <laughs> is there any particular kind of uh, dessert or cake that you're into? Uh, this one's for my dad. I'll do the carrot cake. Ah, the, the carrot, carrot cake. cake. That's oh, it. one of Casey's favorites. <laughs> yeah. Is your is your dad a fan of carrot cakes? He is, yeah. And I didn't tell him about today, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> right. I You're... did tell my mom, but uh, after seeing that art, she may be proud. So, uh, <laughs> okay. This is good. This will be your little gift to mom so and dad. Good. All, All right. right. Let's have uh, Carson head over. By the way, Carson is wearing a uh, an athletic supporter uh, with a uh, raccoon tail on it. Yeah. It's it's actually called the Duke. I, I own one of these. Any bit of pleasure that was derived from Melissa sitting on a cake has clearly <laughs> left the room now that Carson's standing up here. Yeah, exactly. Though it is a creative thing. Now, Nick, I think you're going to actually have to raise the tail, yeah. uh, which is part <laughs> oh of the... There's a tuck it in. Tuck it in the band. There's an actual raccoon tail off the back of this uh, this uh, athletic supporter. Now, this is... Uh, uh, this is all set in place. I'm wondering how this one will turn out, Preston. There's a lot more in play here. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, uh, to describe Carson, uh, he's wearing a, a white T-shirt. And he has the athletic supporter on. Uh, he's got uh, very pale white legs Thank with uh, red splotches all over and hairy legs with uh, socks on. Uh, so just to give you an idea of what it's all about. Now, the carrot cake, it's tasty, delectable. Uh, it's a massive coating of rich Philly cream cheese Ooh, icing on there. Bringing it home. Liberally sprinkled with an array of ground walnuts. Mm. So those <laughs> could get into that. little that crevices. Could, that could cause issues. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's it's the one he chose. All right. Now, so. he's he's sitting. He's obviously taller. So the seating will be a little bit uh, more drawn out. And we, we told them to take their time on the way take down. Take your time, yeah. yeah. Carson, we are ready. And, I, and I've instructed them to go down slowly. All right, Carson. Slow and steady. <laughs> All right. Let's hear it. Have a seat. And we, we have the right. mic right by there. Here we go. <laughs> I got you no know, sound. You, you didn't no, hear I anything. Heard it. Oh, I my God. A little bit? You he guys didn't now, hear that? He is now rubbing it around. Uh, although... Uh, you can see that the cake is much more flattened than Melissa than when Melissa was on it. How much do you weigh, by the way, Carson? Uh, about two twenty-five. So. Okay, now describe what you're feeling right now. Uh, well, I do not have a protective thong on, so I'm feeling invaded. <laughs> <laughs> was there an actual carrot in there? <laughs> there was uh, a it's, an it's icing cake. Not carrot. as cold as I thought it would be, but uh, okay. definitely. Feels weird, Carson. I'm judging, not, not into it. Judging right now, Carson, um, you there was actually a, a nice icing illustration of a carrot. <laughs> judging by w- just what you're feeling on your ass, how much of that carrot 
when you sit up will be intact? Uh, about zero percent. Zero. Okay. Yeah. All right. That. Uh, Have it, you ever sharted while driving? That's kind of like what I'm feeling right now. That's right. what you got going on. Yeah. Right. He's tightening up. <laughs> Could you feel any of the walnuts as you were sitting down? I did not. It was all soft. All okay. soft. All right. Well, that's a good thing then. All right, Carson, rise and let us see what we have here. Hold on. Let's see if we get some sound from this. Yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, how's that for your uh, ASMR, Press? Uh, it doesn't do anything. Nah. For all right. ASMR. This uh, looks like a nachos now on the on a plate. Carson, turn around so we can see the decoration here. Wow, that right. is the the carrot portion. The as you know, on on a carrot cake, usually there is a. Um, an icing carrot that they put on there, and this was a really, really big one, so his entire right cheek is orange. Yeah. Uh, the left side is more of a cream color. I think that's going to make a great imprint, actually. Do you uh, know what? It's interesting, though. What? I think Melissa got far more on her butt. Is it just the nature of the cake itself? Yeah, hers I think, is a rectangle. Yeah, and also cake. his swallowed a lot more <laughs> yeah. than hers did. I mean, a, a lot like more. Yeah, a lot more. <laughs> It looks like You've he has got... a slice of pizza on his ass cheek. <laughs> Dude, you, you definitely, there's definitely crack action uh, oh, in God. your your uh, posterior going on. But Marissa delicately trying to uh, get this stuff ready for the ass print. This yeah. is a new art form, I think. I'm saying, man. All right, so. <laughs> you can see the individual hairs of Carson's ass sticking through the icing. <laughs> that was a problem we didn't have with Melissa's mom. No, no, no not no. at all. All right. all right, go ahead, Carson. Have a seat, and let's see uh, what kind of a piece of art we get, the all right. imprint. All right. Uh, Nick, you're going to, or you're not going to do it? <laughs> Nick is not going to hold the paper down. Let's see how that wow. one turned out. You know, guys, this is, uh, I love the art. Oh, oh my wow. God. Yeah. Jackson Pollock has nothing on your ass. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll set that aside. That's uh, that's Carson's carrot cake. Yeah. Ooh, and well, it's alliterative too. Carson's carrot cake. Carson's carrot cake. Yes. All right. Let's uh, let's see what we're gonna do next. If you're just tuning in, we're having a splash you know party. What I mean? uh, splashing. Uh, the subset of of this is cake sitting, and so we actually have people that are sitting on cakes with their naked rear ends, and just to see if if it happen, if anything occurs to the people that are watching or doing this themselves, if they get some sort of feel for this. We uh, we have a caller. I don't know if this is legit. Uh, is this? Uh, I hope we're following protocol here. I'm going to go to Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? Good. What's up, Brandon? Oh, um, one of my models actually lives on the East Coast. I'm from Arizona, but um, one of my models who goes by Chicken lives on the East Coast and said, "Oh my God, they're doing a splashing show on the radio. <laughs> you need to call in and, and touch base with them." Um, I run a site that is specifically about cake. We jokingly call it cake porn. Okay. Um, it's more art than porn, but uh, basically, it's an entire website devoted to beautiful women sitting on cakes. Oh. And how, how many? How many people? Uh, how big is your audience for this? Um, I get a couple of thousand unique hits a month. So, I mean, big enough to to basically be almost enough to pay the bills. Wow. Okay, job. Brandon, is this something that you personally uh, enjoy that you're into? You know what? Oddly enough, it's not. I'm actually kind of a clean freak. Like, if I, I can't get frosting on me, it weirds me out. I have to, Hold it. I have to wash you, up immediately. You're a clean freak, and you run a splashing site. I fell into it on accident. I was I was doing work for another website as a photographer, and this guy wrote me an email and said, hey, will you take pictures of a naked girl with a cake? And I was like, if your money's green enough, I'll take pictures of whatever you want. Right. And uh, I, I eventually there started being more and more demand for it. So I was like, I guess there's a niche that's not being filled. I better go ahead and fill it. Well, would you would you agree? Because we started to see just over the, uh, the, the a week or two ago, we saw a couple of sites pop up that were talking about this new fetish or this fetish that is gaining traction. And the cake sitting and the splashing is a big thing. Would, I, would you say you've noticed an increase in interest? Uh, most certainly, actually. Stuff is, uh, 
I just did an interview with uh, The Guardian uh, for an article they were writing about it. I've had more and more media outlets approach me about, you know, what it is I do. And uh, we've actually started doing live shows where uh, we'll get booked by concert promoters or rave promoters <laughs> to come me. in and bring some of our models in and do a live take demonstration. Oh You're God. kidding me. Like for, for a, a live audience? Yeah. If, if you go on YouTube and search Messy Hot, M-E-S-S-Y-H-O-T, you'll see our live videos of our girls performing uh, during raves, things like that. Messy Hot. Messy Hot. Wow. Okay. So in your expert opinion... Uh, what are the most popular things for uh, people to sit on? Um, actually, uh, I've found that any kind of white or yellow cake works wonderfully. Um, if you frost it really well and then use corn syrup, you can make sprinkles stick. So you can make really, really pretty art. Interesting. This, well, this man knows his business. Yeah, Brandon, what we what we did by accident is we saw that, or Melissa, the first girl to sit on a cake, um, she came up and I'm like, wow, I wonder how that would look as an imprint. So we laid down a piece of paper and had her sit on that and then peeled that off. And lo and behold, it's this cool little looking piece of art. Uh, you can make really beautiful art. I actually sell uh, giant 24 by 36 uh, brushed aluminum prints where we print our cake form. Dude, how, how much do those, how much do those go for? 350 bucks. 350 bucks. <laughs> You're a genius. Wow. Preston, you know what else? You know what else he does? One of his videos is condensed milk facial. Yeah. Oh, that's oh my specialty is the condensed milk facial. Uh, one thing you want to avoid, I've noticed uh, one girl, she was all about eclairs. She's like, I want to do an eclair cake, I want to do an eclair cake. Do not do an eclair cake because when you sit on a chocolate-covered cake and then stand up, it's not the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Oh, okay. okay. It, it looks like an accident. Yeah, we did yeah. Uh, We did Nutella and condensed milk on my face, on my beard the other day. It was horrific. Uh, yeah, it was pretty nasty. Um, yeah, oh, my a, God. Okay, we're watching one of your videos right now <laughs> with the condensed milk. Yep, that's... Um, is that Meryl Streep? <laughs> oh, that, that's my other specialty is also working with girls with, uh, like, brightly colored hair, lots of tattoos, piercings. Like, oh, I like, like, uh, like non-mainstream like, girls. All right, like suicide girls. Yeah, basically. All right, cool. Uh, do you make a lot of money doing this, Brandon? Like I said, it's, it's almost enough to be a full-time job. Yep. Um, I still work in the IT industry, but uh, hopefully with, if, if this keeps picking up traction the way it has been, uh, by mid-year, this should be my only job. What's, right. your, uh, what's your average grocery bill like? <laughs> Usually, I spend uh, depending on on how like big of a production I'm doing. Like, if I'm doing a lot of slow motion work, yeah. I have to buy even more sprinkles. Um, but usually, for for an average shoot, about 150, 200 bucks. Wow! The- Let me ask you: Have you gotten any uh, endorsement uh, deal offers from Bordens or something? <laughs> and none of the food companies have stepped forward. But uh, I've actually gotten some kind of weird support from the uh, UK hardcore scene, the uh, the subgenre of electronic music. A lot of the DJs from England, because the, the splashing fetish originated in England, and a lot of the DJs from over there have started, like, we're doing um, cake porn music videos where we'll take their music and just make a mess to their music and then release Dude. it to give them All right, so, to the market they might not have. Wow. Quick, quick question, because when we were first introduced to it, it was, there was actually, there were guys doing it as well. And, and, and do, you use, do you use guys for any of your stuff? Um, for, for a couple of live shows we have. Okay. Like when I've done, like, uh, like, gay pride festivals, they've had us do live shows. Um, for my market, most everybody goes after the girls, but I've actually been getting asked over and over again, when are you going to do guys? So I guess it's time to spread it out a little bit. Yeah, because when we were right. hearing that, like the, uh, the, like bears, what they call bears, those, the, 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 there's an audience for that in the, uh, in the gay community and, uh, just in the fetish community. Brandon, we were watching your videos, the condensed milk videos. Where do, where do you get your models? Where do you, do you put out an ad? Um, you know what? Actually, I used to just 
because I, I, I throw raves myself, so it used to just be girls that would be at my parties. I'd be like, I just walk up to a girl and be like, hey, what are your feelings on cake? And invariably, they ask me if it's like about the band or whatever, and then I'm like, I show them some of my work, and uh, it turns into a shoot. But now, actually, people seek me out. Like, people will find me on the internet and say, hey, I've seen your work. I've flown all over the country. I've actually I did some work in Spain. Like, people approach me and say, oh, my hey, God, dude, it, honestly, you should be doing stuff with Sarah Lee. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, listen, Brandon. Thanks for the call. You're exactly the type of person we wanted to talk to. Yeah. So uh, this this works out good. And you'll uh, you'll have to find our uh, the video of this when we when we run that. Or you can stream it live as we're doing it right now. If you want. I mean, we're not I mean, pros like awesome you. Thing. Yeah. All right. Thanks thank so you, Brandon. You guys have a great day. And you too, man. We'll see you later. All right. Call All right. from Arizona. Guy who runs a splashing website. Condensed milk. Oh my God. Condensed. That's a sub, sub, sub. Well, you know what it looks like, obviously. It so. looks like regular milk. Right. <laughs> Only condensed. Condensed. Yeah. And that's weird. All right. We got to move along. Casey, right. a little bit of, uh, here, I got it actually. A little bit of music, uh, if you will, for our next cake that we're going to do. So, <laughs> Melissa is up again. She's all cleaned off. Melissa, do you, uh, yeah, it looks like you're, you're, you're cleaned up and ready to go for this one, right? Yes, I am. Okay. I think we ought to do this. I think we should do it. We only have time for, to do two more. Two okay. more. Uh, so let's do the strawberry shortcake. All right. That's actually right. one you were eyeing, Melissa. And you yes, said I when I asked you initially what drew, what caught your eye, that was your cake of preference. Yes, that's my favorite. So All I'm right. excited. So the strawberry shortcake is soft, moist yellow cake with an irresistible layer of fresh chopped strawberries on top. Crowned by a fluffy whipped cream and dressed with a strawberry sauce as well. I think this is going to, A, generate a wonderful splosh, but B, generate a fantastic picture. I'm going to think something very Salvador Dali-esque. Yeah, it, it may very well have a surreal aspect to it, Steve. All right, uh, Nick? I believe we're going to get the best sound so far I out of this so. one because there's a, a lot of texture involved with this cake. Yeah. Uh, there's, I don't know, a dozen or so uh, strawberries on top, and then there's um, the white um, icing on top of, or, or right above the cake surface itself, and then sort of a strawberry ganache or strawberry syrup as well. So there's a lot of different textures. Ganache. I have a feeling this might be even colder than the other cake, too. Well, because of the, the, the gel. Nature, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, uh, you ready, Melissa? I'm ready. All right, get the mic. <laughs> Don't hit her in the head with the mic. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right, Nick, here we go. Here, I'll bring the sound down. Listen closely and see what we get out of this. You're overshooting. Scoot back. You're, you're, she's going too far. There you go. It's barely audible. But it's beautiful. But you can hear it. So uh, we have seen... That looks... Oh, my God. That looks like something bad happened. Okay. You know what I mean? With the the red coming out back there? It looked like she pooped strawberries. (laughs) Okay. You're you're thinking a little more less profane. I know where you were going. Yeah. But uh, that is also beautiful. Um, Afterbirth was the first thing that came to mind. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. That was my appetite. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Uh, but let's let's find out from Melissa uh, how this feels. Melissa, from from uh, compared to the sheet cake, yes, this one's cold. Yeah, okay. we figured. Does it feel because it is, it's more liberally uh, frosted? Does it feel more comfortable? Yeah. Mm. More padded, I should say. No, the other one was more padded. Okay, all right. Well, she did have a larger sheet cake. Does it feel wetter? Yes, wet, smushy. Yep. All right, and let me ask you again. Now this is cake number two. Any element of pleasure to this? To make people laugh, yes. All right, all right, okay. all right. But nothing nothing that's uh, getting you ready I, to go? Nah, not really. Okay. All right. all right, did you move around a little bit and get, right. get a feel for that? Can I get so, a nice print? Okay. All right, let's remove that, and then we'll try the artwork portion. The, the art 
part of our project Which, here. Did you hear the uh, the guy from Arizona? Three hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> per. What are we looking at there, Nick? It, it does not look good. <laughs> no, but it it really looks kind no, of interesting. I mean on her. Turn around. Oh, is it like a Rorschach test? Turn it's funny around. that I was staring at the cake instead of her ass. <laughs> uh, wow. This is actually less stuck to your butt than the first one. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're going to get here, Preston. Well, let's find out. I, uh, let's move that, and then we'll uh, we'll have the canvas for her to sit down. Next time, we'll get actual canvas. I think so. Next time? We didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell am I talking about? <laughs> well, there's an array of cakes, Preston. This is, this is going to be... Do we have darker paper by any chance? No, this is the, right. this is what we have to go with uh, for the time being. Boy, the front looks that looks nasty. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It, it, it does. Like not, it looks like our Aunt Flo's in town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sure does. Like Aunt Flo came in for the the year. Okay, all right. Have a seat, uh, Nick. Make sure that paper is positioned just right. And here right. we go. Just We're grab, artists. Grabbing a seat. Here we go. For the imprint. I don't know what we're gonna get. And then pull away. Wiggling her hiney. Pulling up. Oh, oh, oh. Aww. There we got it. Okay. Hey, guys. Nick, does it look like a heart? Happy Valentine's yeah! Day. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. It's a little uh, weighed down by the icing itself, but um, this one turned out nice. Yeah. It, it's really, it's a sweet Valentine's. If you were to do a Rorschach test, hold it the other way. Hold it sideways. Well, uh, uh, Dwarf a, the Harmonica. Is that what it looks like to yeah. you? I see two faces. I see uh, oh. a male face on, or a female face on the right and a male face on the left, and they're, they're forehead to forehead. What? You're and right. About to kiss. Oh, my gosh. You see it's it? It's Rocky Balboa yeah. and Ivan Drago in the um, oh. the Rocky Four. I must cake you. And that means we do have a lemon meringue cake and a uh, Boston cream cake that we can actually eat. Mm. Sample there for our in-studio guests so. this morning. So yes. uh, part of our little splashing party we did this morning. Listen, it was weird. We saw it. We figured, you know what? I got We got to see this in person. And we can't uh, live a out. sheltered life. We've got to. We got to take a walk on the wild side, Preston. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we've taken that walk. You did a yes, great job, man. And we don't have to go. Th- did I? Yeah. Is, is it okay? I yeah. felt it was underdescribed. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm new to this whole thing. Uh, so anyway, thank you to Carson and thank you to Melissa Yay! for our splashing party. Uh, we are going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you by Horizon. Tune up your AC for just $59 with free refrigerant. Horizonservices.com. A video has emerged showing a very grumpy and hungover man reluctantly picking up his own feces after he decayed in his neighbor's yard while he was drunk. I don't want to do this. And in the video, which I've not seen as of yet, the man asks onlookers to point out what he's meant to be picking up. And his neighbor replied, I don't want to show you where all the individual pieces of poop are. Oh, my God. Can you just pick it up? Oh, my God. So the man wearing gloves puts his feces into a red bucket and then goes about his business. What led up to this? Uh, Unfortunately, I don't have the backstory on this. It's just a cleanup. Other than he was drunk and he felt the need to... Do his business on his neighbor's lawn. So. He looks like a class act. Yeah, he's got his shirt off and uh, smoking a cigarette, carrying a red bucket. 
with latex rubber gloves. To on. be honest, I'd be surprised if this guy didn't always crap on the front lawn wearing jorts too. Wearing jorts, but but he was cleaning up his mess. Yeah, yeah. so. Uh, they made him clean it up, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the thing. Such a hard I, wonder time, who, guys. I wonder who they are. What were we thinking? <laughs> yeah. All right, so the frenzy among Chicago Cubs fans it, to snag pricey and scarce tickets to the World Series games at Wrigley Field, which we just had over the weekend, has now landed in divorce court. Uh, the court documents obtained by the Associated Press say a suburban woman, uh, mother, from this week had this week's, week submitted an emergency petition for World Series tickets to see Game 4, which was Saturday, against the Cleveland Indians. A judge's order says that the tickets for Saturday uh, were held by Nancy Riddle's estranged husband and fellow Cubs fan, John Riddle. Uh-huh. Judge uh, Myra Nega ruled uh, after in-court arguments that the husband can keep the tickets for himself and the couple's 12-year-old son, but should pay for a new ticket for Nancy Riddle in a comparable section to his. Now, the cheapest available ticket started at about 3000 Oh, Jesus. The husband's lawyer, Michael Berger, declined to name his client in a Thursday interview, but he did describe the legal tussle, saying his client landed the World Series tickets because he bought a season ticket package deal with his friends this year before divorce proceedings began in April. Uh, Berger said he objected to the notion that because the Cubs hadn't made it to the World Series in 71 years, the request for the judge to intervene on the ticket issue was an emergency because the Cubs might not make it back to another World Series in the wife's lifetime. That's wild mm-hmm. that they're working it out that way. Yeah, I don't know what the resolution yeah. was or if he ended up buying the ticket or not, but that's what the judge told him to do. What uh, are the odds? Uh, the law firm representing Nancy Riddle declined to comment, but it came to that. They're not fighting over the kid, you notice. That right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're fighting over the tickets. A man is admitted having sex with a van while it was parked on a public street before walking to a nearby garden and passing out. Question. Mm-hmm. Was the van asking for it? I don't know. There was no comment from the van. Okay. Uh, the van has yet to file any legal um, action. Yeah, yeah. nothing. Uh, Michael Henson was seen pulling his pants down by witnesses before getting intimate with the vehicle through its front grill. Wow. Uh, so That's different. Mouth, he owns he mouth, mouth stuff. stuff. Yeah. Uh, the van was parked on a street in Dayton, Ohio. Oh, yeah. And court records show oh, yeah. that after Henson copulated with the van, he passed out in a nearby garden. I'm going to copulate with you. <laughs> Uh, police believe that Hanson... How many miles you get to the gallon? ...who pleaded guilty City. to public indecency appeared under the influence of some type of narcotic. Okay. Uh, Hanson was sentenced to 60 days in jail, although much of the term was suspended. Do you mind if I bring another vehicle into this relationship? <laughs> a three-way? Yeah. Wow. They pulled up a, uh, a mugshot of him. Casey was wrote a note that says he looks like the bitter beer face commercial people. He does. Where they can put their bottom lip up over their top lip. Yeah, gurning, they call it. Mm-hmm. Gurning. Yeah. Gurning, exactly. <laughs> you do that when you're passing a beezer. Yeah. <laughs> when a beezer comes out. <laughs> Man, that was good. I'm going to go hump a van. Uh, troopers were dispatched to a home for an invasion. The homeowner in, uh, initially had woken up after hearing a noise at the front door, then heard several loud bangs and went downstairs to investigate. The homeowner then saw a male subject inside the entryway to the home. After confronting and yelling at the intruder, the suspect fled on foot. Now, it's this fleeing on foot thing, the reason I bring up the, the foot story. Fleeing. 
Uh, when the troopers arrived, they were able to locate the suspect who ran into the woods, but despite orders to stop, the suspect continued to run away. The suspect was eventually located by state police canine lying on the ground unconscious. It appeared the subject had ran into a tree and knocked himself out. That's great. Ow. The male was arrested on scene for home invasion and resisting and obstructing police. After hours of searching, despite, uh, deputies uh, found a missing elderly man alive, partially submerged in a swamp. Oh. Yeah, the sheriff's office was notified Friday night that Kenneth Homer Gower was missing. He was last seen Thursday night. Uh, Marine units and a helicopter crew searched Barry Road where Gower lived Saturday morning. The 74-year-old man and his dog, Andy, were both missing. Tell my van I love it. Uh, the crew of the sheriff's <laughs> helicopter found, found Gower and Andy in a densely... Andy! densely wooded area about 9 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Gower was exhausted, resting in the water. Uh, deputies were able to rescue Gower and Andy, who were Andy! missing for about 36 hours. Uh, Gower took a walk and became disoriented, and uh, he was found about a half a mile from his home. He was in good spirits. Where the and was hell am I? Checked by paramedics because he suffered a case of mild hypothermia. Out there walking in the swamp, and I got lost. Uh, Where's Andy? But well, you're a talking dog. Authorities uh, plan to take him home. That's got to suck. Once he's medically cleared, you got to be terrified. You, you reach, you know, in that agent as in Golden Pond when he yep. wanders off into the woods and gets disoriented. Yeah, he got lost. He was yeah. want to get back to see her pretty face. I have a van back at the house I'm looking to <laughs> have copulation with. Unless the old bitch took it into the town for the market. I was going to bang that van, you old crow. Yeah, so... Uh, anyhow, they found him, and he's yeah. okay, which is good. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the Bizarre File for you this morning. Be back in a moment. What's new? Why do you ask? Cage the elephant. Call me when you're ready to be real. Larkin Poe. Rival sons. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. It's brought to you by Dietz & Watson. Your local Dietz & Watson real Philly delis are open for takeout. Taste four generations of family recipes made with love and show your support for local business. RealPhillyDeli.com, Dietz & Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. So what's going on, Steve? Well, Johnny Depp denying he demanded the staff at a restaurant hang up a curtain to block his table from other diners. Deb says he would never block the view of the front door for fear Pecos Pete would wander in just to fix it for a fight. <laughs> oh, my God. Nick Gordon, reportedly furious that his arrest for domestic violence will be admissible as evidence in an investigation into his part in the death of Bobby Christina Brown. Said Gordon, quote, so I possibly kill one woman and then beat up another and suddenly I'm the bag. <laughs> oh, my God. And finally, though, she had uh, been noticeably absent through most of it. Bill Cosby's wife, Camille, showed up to court for his sexual assault trial. Camille told the press that she wasn't just repeating words during the wedding vows when she promised to frizzle, dizzle, and verazimaz. <laughs> 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 All right. We are happy. To welcome him back to Philadelphia, Marlon Wayans is in hey! our studio. Yes, how you doing? Back in Philly, girl, you can read. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that, thank you. That sounded like you was coming off the top of the dome about Travis. I was like, <laughs> dang, he's coming off the top of the dome. Everyone's impressed by that, uh, rifling off that stuff. If you look at what's on her screen, it's just like deciphering Latin. See, I can't I can't read that fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that'd be real bad. <laughs> there is a motor... There's been days where that's happened as well. How hungover were you then? Kind of. That's Monday morning. You got your shades out? You're hurting a little bit this morning? No. I I just, I think my shades look cool, so I wanted to put them on. You look cool. You do look cool. Because when the fans see me in shades, they they give me a different kind of a vibe. Do they? When I give them eye contact, (laughs) then they just come up like, oh, Marlon, they want to, you know, Kiss me in the mouth. When I wear the shades, they're like, yo, that's all in my hands over there. All right. Something about the shades make you feel invisible. So you do the shades. You ever do the headphones, too? Because I know, like, sports guys, when they're when they're walking from the bus or to the, you know, hotel, they'll, they'll put the headphones on. And no, that way, but that's a hell of a gift. <laughs> they, that's, I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. I'm going to get some big-ass headphones, too. <laughs> that's like that's like the guys who repel TMZ. That's how they do it. They come in and out of the airport with their with their Beats headphones or whatever. Yeah. And then the, it's... It, that no. way you don't have to react to anything they anything. say because yeah, I know, you know that that's they... That's not true. TMZ, they will track you down. I tried that. I had the headphones on one time, literally headphones. The dude chased me into the parking garage and touched me. It was like, hey, those guys are really unbelievable i don't know how the hell they know i'm on a flight that's what bothers me it's like how do you know that i'm flying who's yeah, paying there's an informant you? who are you paying to tell you that i'm on this flight yeah they've got to be and i fly coach that's the thing <laughs> do you how do you find me and coach <laughs> hell no <laughs> I'd walk. <laughs> I love putting my kids in coach, though. Oh, do you? <laughs> them, little, them little B-words. They don't, those little bastards. They, 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 don't, yeah. they, don't, they, don't, they don't deserve first class. You got to earn your way to first yes. class. Have you ever done that? Come look at Daddy eat these peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, hot these, hot these, uh, these hot nuts are. Oh, <laughs> oh, look at watch me wash my face with the oh hot towel. Oh, that's nice, kid. Don't you wish you had this? Oh, look at my break. My lunch is hot. <laughs> what you got? You always feel like it, when you when you you know I've, a couple times if you fly first class and you you do feel like a little you can't ever feel like a little bit like a douche you know because you got. It's almost like you know you're you're getting all the, they close that curtain. It feels like na 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 na. Yeah, yeah, it does. So. It feels like you're not cool. We're on the same plane, but I'm better than you. Yeah. It feels like if there's a car, uh, a plane crash, <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm a parachute's gonna come above my head, and I'm gonna live. Right. And watch, watch all the peasants just yeah. perish. Save Marlin. That doesn't really happen. No, all that no. happens is I go, "Can you get me a drink, please?" <laughs> and they give me something real strong. So I don't feel mine as much. Yeah, yeah. I, I always I, look at I, the. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I was just gonna switch gears, but I, I noticed it uh, that you're FaceTiming right now. No, I'm not FaceTiming. You're not. Or no, are we doing periscoping? Facebook I'm doing Facebook or Facebook. Facebook Live. Yeah, about about three hundred, four hundred people watching us right now. How often do you do that? Is it just when interviews or do do you take moments and and just sit there and talk? I I do interviews. I don't have time to sit there and talk. Okay. Would you put your... I'm talking about her. This is... 
stuff away in the morning. Oh, time. we got yeah. He's looking at uh, Mandy too, from a gold club. It's too too early for that. It's, yeah, there's that. Ever but too but early why early? am I sitting there going? Anybody got change? Yeah, you're right. You can bring a yeah. <laughs> no, what was I saying? I was saying something. Uh about you don't have time to sit there and, no, I ain't and got do time Facebook to live. Sit there and be like, you know, today's thing is I man, I just I do. I work too hard. Yeah. I work too hard. It's like, you know, I don't think if if this I don't know. I don't I just don't have time for it. It's either you live or you live on screen. I'd rather they can watch me work. When it comes to life, I just want to go, hey, yeah. Enough. But you have enough. I mean, if you have three or four hundred people, I'm watching. in here. I'm on the toilet. <laughs> Don't want to FaceTime about what's going on in the toilet yeah. and what I'm going to do after I shower. It's my business. So you are hustling right now. I mean, you got a show coming out on NBC. You got a Netflix movie coming out. Yeah, and yeah. I'm doing stand up. I'm, uh, I'm working toward us uh, doing my first stand up special. So my Netflix, my TV show is called Marlin. Comes on NBC. You're 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 a dad in a, a, a uh, the f- a family has uh, there's been a divorce, right? Yes. A, uh, but it's a dynamic where you're you're both raising the kids. Yes, and it's uh, it's, it's a friendly divorce. It's, it's a like, friendly divorce. You, you I, love each other. I think it's kind kind of the kind of a norm for a lot of people these days. Well, that's not that the, 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 nowadays, but yeah. see, back in the day, everything mom and dad was like, no, we'll just stay together for the kids. Yeah. Now people are like, no, you go to your house, I will go to my house. Would you stop with your stuff? <laughs> she just, I, I, it's, just it's, it's hard. It, it's distracting me. I'm fine. I'm, my eyes are here, but there's this thing in my pants that just keeps looking over there with one eye. He's like, but look at the girl over there. What was that nigga? Yeah. All right, so yes, it's it's a different kind of, even though your family, you're, you're broken up, it doesn't mean that it's over. It just right. means it's a new chapter. So it's a really funny show, and it's a different kind of TV dad, but I'm a, um, uh, a different kind of uh uh, TV family. All right, cool, man. That's and then it. my movie is called Naked for Netflix, and um, that's uh, me butt naked running around like oh, repeating the same hour over and over again until I give my girl the proper wedding, and it's- that's with Regina Hall. Naked uh, Groundhog, basically, and it's based on a, a Swedish movie? Yes, based yeah. on a Swedish You got all the business. Ah, we got all the business. You here. read, too. Everybody <laughs> in here reads. What is with... Do you read, too, as well there? You don't speak English. Good kind of English. You don't kind of deals you get. She doesn't even know. You know she works hard. Uh, don't speak English. She does. She's sleeping yeah. and smiling. I love it. Uh, I just want to buy her. Like, I'll be a dollar fifty and come with me forever. Okay. So you're a different kind of dad. <laughs> Very different, as you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, look, it's it, to me, it's a great time in my life. Um, I'm finally at, at the place, you know, I studied for 25 years with my brothers and did a lot of great work together. And now these next, you know, 25 years is about Marlon. And so all my things I've been doing is about yeah. me. Hey, yeah. let me let me go back to naked for a second. So you're in this, you're, you're naked and, you're, and it's an hour that repeats. Are you are you totally naked in this? Um, are we well, going to see full frontal? No, because okay. I think that full frontal makes men feel weird. You ever yeah. go to the locker room in, in the gym I hate it. and they're changing? It's like, can you cover your meat? Yeah. I don't want to. 
It makes me not want to use the toilet. I turn around and go use the woman's toilet, and they don't like that because, you know, yeah. it's bad in the I'm, morning. I'm always amazed at the guys who are just so nonchalant about it that it's just, you know, that this is the most natural thing in the world to be standing here buck-ass naked I don't, in front of a bunch of other guys. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I, I personally, I got a, I got a, um, a, a shower, a grower, not a shower. <laughs> I'm not one of those dudes that's big for no reason. I, if she, she's there, I got yeah. a reason. Right. If, 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 if Turn into the Hulk. I need to, to be provoked. Right. I need it's Dan, David Banner. Otherwise, if I'm provoked, gamma rays hit it. Yeah. And he, yes, he's yeah. large. And I explain this to women. But don't think that you're just gonna. It's just gonna happen. You got. I make, love that. You got to make Mr. McGee a little angry. <laughs> so <laughs> you wouldn't like me, Mr. McGee. Yeah. Don't don't do the awesome. shower not a grower. Yeah. David Banner versus the Hulk. Yes, man. Uh, and you know, but people are afraid to. I think like guys are on you, you know what? You just you to the lock. Room. I don't like it. I feel uncomfortable. I don't want to see some some dude's junk. I don't. I don't I, want to do that. Well, here's the thing. I don't want to see no dude's junk bigger than mine. All right. <laughs> I don't care that it's skin and meat. I yeah. just get real. I get jealous. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I sit there and go, well, if it's that big, not aroused, then how big is it? Yeah. And do you know any girls that I am dating? Right. <laughs> right. Right. I'm so I'll tell you what. That's a though. Good point. Uh, uh, the, um, uh, the 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 uh, the haunted house two was on the other night, yes. and uh, the uh, the scene where you're, you're you're banging the Annabelle doll, yes, uh, and you're you're in good shape though, you you know you're I'm in I'm in excellent you shape, lean and mean, Listen, I, old black. I'm 44. I'm in the prime of old black menness. Yeah, white guys, you guys peak at like. 21. Yeah. It's your best days. And then yeah. 25 is marriage compiled. 25. It's downhill. By the time you're 30, you look terrible. You look 70. <laughs> Puerto Ricans. Right. You know, they if they if they peak at 17 years old. They, they get the mustache at 11. <laughs> <laughs> 14, they got babies and grandkids. You know, black men, we don't really have our best years until probably... 50-something. In the right. 50s. Right. Look, at, look at Morgan Freeman. He didn't get sexy until he was like 90. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just see bouncing and things going on. How do you guys focus? Is this some kind of you Jedi know what? mind trick over here? My line of vision is blocked by the copy stand right there. So yeah, uh, I, I can see it all. Yeah, you're, you're, it's, it's all for you. At so. one point, I looked over and all I saw was booty crack, right? <laughs> and I looked so hard at it, I could see through her butt. Out her eyes. Wow. <laughs> like, like the Beastmaster. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. the second Beastmaster reference this morning. We already yeah, talked about Beastmaster right. today. What? Oh, it's fantastic. I, you're a fan. I'm just glad you guys <laughs> yeah. get totally. Beastmaster. Not everybody gets Beastmaster. That was like some of the first right. boobs who? I've ever seen. And who yep. were those boobs? Oh, that was Tony Katane. No, Tanya oh, Roberts. Tanya Roberts. Roberts. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, my bad. And who played Beastmaster? Oh, uh, I don't know, but you white Shane. guy with, with blonde hair. Yeah. Mm. God, oh, you, you, your That's references are hilarious. All right, I love yeah. it. What were the name of the ferrets? Oh, don't do this to me. <laughs> don't do this to me. I don't know. I don't remember. You don't know understand. I just watched that movie over and over again when I was like 14. Constantly. <laughs> and What was well, the name of the ferrets? Uh, we said and Kodo. Moto and Kodo? No. Did we get the if you can look for it, if, if, do a quick check. I think it's Odo and Kodo. But you know the scene in that movie that still freaks me out? They go to those, they're like vampire guys. Yes, dude. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And they hug you and dissolve yeah, you. Yeah, and they suck their body yeah. up. Yeah. Man, that was a... Casey and I do the Beastmaster shake every now and then. Handshake. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah right? You guys really made me feel nostalgic. I'm going to go roll a blunt, and I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to roll a blunt and watch Beastmaster. That's what I'm going to do tonight. You know what, Marlon? Uh, you probably remember a time, though, in the early, in like, cable and HBO and stuff was first the, the thing, and Showtime and so on and so forth. One movie would air, like, constantly, over and over and over. Those the good old days, man. I mean, nowadays, they, I mean, now you got to pick. To yeah. me, it's like picking. It's anxiety. Yeah. I love, and what's great, I love Netflix. It's yeah. wonderful. But I, sometimes I just want, you just pick it for me. I don't know what I want to watch. Just yeah. Put it on and give me all the options. That's a good point. I want to go back to Beastmaster for all just right. a second because have we all forgotten that the most horrible thing about that movie was we got to see John Amos's butt crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like a thong. Yeah. He wore that thong. <laughs> and that yeah, that's a lot terrifying. creepier than Marlon's butt cracking naked. <laughs> mine is a nice. He, he, John got a long football player butt. Mine, mine is nice and small and compact. It's like two peas. No, no. It, yeah. So, so you were you a, a big pop culture fan? You were yeah. you were a fan of the uh, of Adam West and Batman too? Oh, reading. that was my favorite Batman when oh, he passed. Man, I, 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 me, me and my brother, we shed a tear. Me and my brother used to lock our um. Our cousin, Nicole, in the closet. <laughs> we used to play Batman and Robin. We used to lock her in the closet for a little. My grandma would bring her over because, you know, grandmas always raise babies in black families. <laughs> 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 and my, we, we used, me and my brother, Sean, would play Batman and Robin, and we would tie her up and lock her in the closet. Oh, man. And my grandma would be like, Nicole, where you at? It'd be like nine hours, and she's still in the closet. And me and my brother were sitting there in Batman and Robin voice going, she's got to stay in there, Batman. She's a fiend. <laughs> I could just reach my utility belt. <laughs> I remember getting my first utility belt. It was it was an Adam West, uh, the yellow deal as a kid. God almighty, I loved it. I never wanted to go back in time to rob somebody until this moment. <laughs> I wanted to get in a time machine right now and yeah. go back to when was that 1982 and I want to rob you because <laughs> I couldn't afford a regular belt let alone a Batman utility belt. It was made of plastic you know it was not it, it was doesn't not a matter belt, I couldn't yeah. afford it. My, my father's belt was so bad he couldn't even spank us with it at one point. Oh, uh, <laughs> It was soggy. <laughs> By the way if you're just checking in it's Marlon Wayans who's in our studio. Were you actually did you go for the role of Robin? In, I had the role Batman of Robin. Get out of here, really. I, I had the role of Robin. When uh, Tim Burton was directing, I went in up for, they were doing Batman Returns, and there was going to be, there was Robin, Catwoman, uh, Danny DeVito as a penguin. They had all these different characters he was introducing, and I went in to play the role of Robin, and I got it. And, um, and then they I, cut the character? They cut the character. I remember crying and being God. so hurt, and and they wrote me a letter, Denise DeNovi and Tim Burton. They said, if we do part three, you'll, you'll be our Robin. And then uh, part three came, and uh, Joel Schumacher was a director, and um, I don't think he would like the way I look in a codpiece. So uh, yeah. he gave it to uh, Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. And, you know, but I always say, you know, there's things in your career that don't happen, and, you know, it's a blessing. You know, if you don't look at the life the right way, it can be pretty suicidal for yeah. an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid. But I say, always said to myself then... I'm glad it didn't happen because I look at all the things that I did to 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 work to the point that I'm at now, and I probably wouldn't have been in, in the game for 25, 27 years having a new, brand new start after, you know, I've written, I don't know, 15, 30 movies, something like that. I've produced a bunch. If I was Robin, 
I would have been on crack. Yeah. <laughs> you would have been reading about me in a bad way. We were just talking about that. Preston and I were talking about just the, the amount of things that need to happen. You know, there's talent figures into it, but there's also, it's like Tetris. Is it gonna is it gonna fall down in the right slot for it, you to succeed? I yeah. mean, there's so many things, and I always say if you think like what you, the people you're seeing in the movies or TV or music represent the most talented people out there, no. But there is that with the luck that gets them there. Well, it's the look, and for for me, I always say it's the preparation with the opportunity equals success. Yeah, because yeah. for me, I'm I, I the beauty of my life is. I could have made it and popped at 19 and been like, yo, I'm the biggest dude ever. But that's not to say that at 44 years old, I'd still look relatively young and be looking at my career going, my best years are ahead of me. Yeah. But, you know, once I start dropping specials and my show comes out and you, you, this is all that I've prepped to be. So when it doesn't happen for you young, know that God has a plan. Just do the work and, it, and your, your, your work writes your I, script. I, I say get out of the way of life and just let it go. You just know, live. Because, yeah, yeah. And do the work. Yeah. You know, people want to be famous and do the work. You're yeah. only going to be as famous. Your 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 opportunity for fame will last probably a, 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 a fraction of how long you prepared for that moment. Yeah. If you get it too quick, you mm -hmm. will not last long. It'll be a flash in the dark and you'll be gone. I want to be forever. When I'm dead, I want people watching my TV show going, yo, that show is so funny. <laughs> I wish he was still alive. Yeah, yeah. So do... um. Your brothers, do, do you know? So when you Which have one? your Keenan, and Damon, oh, Tito, oh, oh, Jack, <laughs> all of them, all I, of I them, get at a point. Are, are there, are Sister Rebe, <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> suspect that um, that they help ground you. You know, when when you do have your successes, you know, so you don't get a little bit too big, big for your bridges. You know, we're all grounded people. Yeah. So, you know, the, the only weird one was probably Damon's the weird one. Yeah. Like, if somebody <laughs> was to buy a monkey, it'd been Damon. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of had a, a, a meteoric rise. Yes. You know, he had, um, yeah. uh, you know, his success on Living Color. And yeah, then uh, Damon, see, but Damon did stand up for 20 years before anybody knew who Damon was. Yeah. Yeah. So th me Long and Sean, we got thrown into it uh, like, you know, uh, like uh, even we got thrown into the pot when it was hot. And yeah. We, we wasn't ready. We was two babies and the pot is hot. So we wasn't prepared for 20 years. We would gr people watch us mature over the years and grow into stars. Like my like I said, my best years are ahead of me because yeah. I got now seven to eight years of stand up beneath my belt and I'm getting better, man. And I'm I'm, I'm really getting to a point where uh, funny is becoming a science in, in my brain. I could just turn it on and turn it off. Well, on. let me ask about that, because, uh, you know, I think all of us uh, and most of us. At some point, can I just go over there? And like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. If you want, it was can sure. I go hump it? Like, can I, what can I do? I got a dollar on yeah, me. If it's, uh, yeah, if it's you know, and you have to work out the the, the terms. Obviously. By the way, the Gold Club is here as well. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what Marlon keeps uh, referencing. Yeah, the Gold Club is just over there. She's just moving all swindy like a little. Well, she knows how to work like a little it. little cat. Well, she's on the webcam right now. That's why. So yeah. she's working it. She's not just doing that for fun. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we know you as as a stand up comedian and a comedic actor. But I'm telling you, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. yeah. You were just a revelation in that movie. And then you play Rip Chord, so you're action star as well. I, and I know that your your base, your foundation, is in comedy. But I really do think you have uh, just a real good, great knack for for the dramatic as well. Thank you, man. You know, um, I went to performing arts high school, so. The you know that I was trained as an actor, like dramatic actor, for you know you, you go to school like a scientist for four years to learn the, the dramatic arts. Comedy was something I just I just was born into, and all my dramatic teachers would go, "Would you stop? 
with this funny stuff. Yeah. It's about the drama. And I'm going, guys, you're not getting it. I'm going to do drama. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. But I love comedy. It's harder, isn't it? Comedy? Comedy's way harder. I mean, I, and I, and, but to, to, what I've learned is like now that's why I stopped doing parody because I want to do narrative so I can have a chance to flex all that I do in terms of acting. Like when you see Naked, mm-hmm. it's a really cute movie. It's yeah, got it's, romance. It's got a story. It has a great story. Right. It's funny as hell for the second act and then the third act. There's a lot of great acting, like you know those hero moments, and it's it's what a great movie should be. You know, the original Groundhog was a perfect example. Yes. Of that. It's, a, it's a hilarious movie, but yeah. that to me is like a Frank Capra level yes. movie that yes. you uh, it legitimately makes you feel good. Yes. I, I like those movies where you can't really label it. It's like, is this a comedy? Is this a drama? Is yeah. this, you know. So, like, I want to ask you about Get Out because I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah. It. I mean, is it a thriller? Is it a horror movie? Is it a comedy? Is it a science project? Yes. <laughs> it's it's a little bit of everything and that's the brilliance of the movie is mm-hmm. like, you know, you are scared, you know, you 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 do sit there and go, yeah, that is true. I, I wonder if that is why things are happening in this way. It's, you know, and then it is funny and Lorel is funny and I I think, you know, Jordan did a great job of going it's a little bit of everything. You don't have to be just this. No. Don't label it. Just uh-huh. make a movie and you'll find the different things and it'll label itself. So I I, I saw the movie. I went by myself, and I saw, and I probably was one of uh, maybe three white guys in the theater. I about right? to say you, right? So it was hilarious. I, because going, white boy, you know this about you, right? <laughs> right. So, so what, there was there was a point in the movie where it might have been Bradley Whitford's character, or whoever, who who when he sees the, uh, uh, her daughter's boyfriend, he's like, "Hey, what's up, my man?" And I was like, "Oh God, do I do that?" <laughs> yes, you do. Do I- you said to me in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> just now, he's like, "Hey, what's up, my man?" Uh, I said, "Did he really just do that?" <laughs> I will we'll be ready for you in five home skillet. <laughs> now, but it's funny because listen, we've talked about this before. Like Casey and I, be, so what's up, brother? How you doing? You know, yeah. this is how we refer to each other, right? But if if somebody See, but the, way, the way you said it to him, hey, what's up, brother? It was really like, it was articulate. It wasn't. No, I said, what's up, my brother? <laughs> right. Exactly. If he'd seen me and be like, yo, what's up, my brother? Yeah. And all of a sudden, <laughs> it's not brother no more. All right. It's brother. Oh my god. <laughs> so so changing, making that little change. Yeah. And then it's trying like, too hard. What are you? Yeah. You guys are numb to this. Does this happen all the time? <laughs> yeah. Is somebody just totally numb? Like one hundred percent. You're not even no, looking over I there like. None? No. Oh, my God. I, no, it, 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 I'm looking I, for lotion. I'm like, this is... <laughs> I almost used the, this, this. We, we ought to blow his mind. Yes. Right here. Yeah. 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 Have her do her trick. All right. All right. So Man, we're going to show you the hey, trick. You know all right? she has yeah, tricks? Yeah. You have the stickers? Yes. stickers. Oh, okay. Right. Can you right. uh, can you get set up and show Marlon what uh, Marlon, you're probably going to... You, you may want to Facebook this for your... Uh, <laughs> this is... Uh, yeah, just children. giving you an alert. This is for the children. Yeah, <laughs> he's saying that in the right now. This is actually pretty damn impressive. So, uh, uh, is this a stage name? Or- uh, no. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, no, okay. I don't know. What do you prefer to be called, stage name wise? Oh, I like uh, no, not you. Big Slong Dong. <laughs> big Slong Dong. <laughs> I like showing, not a grower. Yeah, um, yeah. Generally. My name is Mandy at the strip club. Okay, yeah. good. Right, I thought that's... you didn't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, so Mandy, trickery. Mandy has put stickers on her on her breast disease, and then uh, those and, are real people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she... they don't make those no more. <laughs> Marlon, real homegrown, huh? Watch and listen to this. Whenever you're ready, Mandy, go for it. Here we go. All right, ready? Slap them together. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, hey! 
when you got to make a movie and yeah, they yeah. got to take that sketch and make it 90 minutes, it, it's tough. Yeah, some good stuff, man. Pulled it off. All right, well, listen. Uh, Marlon's in town, punchlinephilly.com. So it's good to see you, my brother. Thank you. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> my brother. No, no, you're a good man, man. Enjoy your time in Philly. Hey, thank We're you, man. So glad you I came by here. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank Marlon you. Marlon Wayans, guy. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break and be right back. Stay with us. I can get. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR.